Hey fam, we're back with another episode of Away From The Cray. And guess what? It is, drumroll, Mental Health Month. Yeah, so if you didn't know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I'm glad it exists because so many people are not educated on self-awareness, emotional health, or mental well-being. So most people are pretty much making it up as they go along, which is totally understandable. Uh, It's kind of like financial knowledge. How many people have no idea what credit is until after they sign up for their first credit card when they're like 18 and no one advises them against it? And they rack up debt and suddenly have these bills they have no idea about? Yeah, that's that's kind of like mental health. We build up these quote unquote debts of like adverse or negative experience as a kid, teenager or young adult and well into, you know, later adulthood, older years. And it's it starts showing up in our adult life as unhealthy habits, thoughts, patterns, choices, and it can result in mental health decline like depression, PTSD, personality disorders, psychosis, attachment disorders, you name it. So that can also lead to even more issues like medical health problems, strokes, heart attacks, fibromyalgia, which is a chronic pain disease caused by and triggered by excessive stress. Yeah, stress can make you be in pain all the time. Now, that's a simplification of it, but at the same time, that is the root of it. It's excessively stressing out till your body is tense all the time and all of a sudden, now you can't stop the pain it's caused because even if you try to calm down the stress, your body's reacting to events and occurrences as if it's still stressed out. And you can't just make it go away any more than it just came overnight. Years and years of piling up all kinds of stressful situations and thoughts, etc. So anyway, what are you saying, Yashara? We're screwed up no matter what? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Basically, you will have problems. That's a fact of life. Because even if you didn't ask for it, genetics, hereditary issues, learned behaviors and patterns that came from your family or the lack of family you may have had can also cause all kinds of ish. Basically, human beings are all jacked up and a lot of it is not even your fault. So you can take some of that pressure off of yourself because you didn't give yourself the propensity to be an alcoholic. That was probably passed down from your parents or grandparents, kind of like your black hair or big hips. For my big butt, which is, you know, a thing. But that doesn't mean we can't do something about it. Just like if you don't like your weight, don't hate your body, but love it enough to help it be healthier. Don't hate your brain. But there are medical, social, mental, emotional, spiritual solutions to basically every issue that we come up against. Mental health is a pie, and each aspect of health is a piece of that pie. And we out here trying to grab a bite. So for today's bite, we're talking anxiety with two of my friends, Heather Owens and Allison Hicks. Both have clinical history of anxiety, and I'll let them explain it a bit for themselves. Uh, I myself have experienced anxiety since I was a teenager, and um, over the years it has changed how it looks and how it manifests. And I've learned a lot more about it and how to deal with it. Um, And I want to share that with you guys, because learning and sharing that knowledge is what it's all about. So, I'm ready when you are. Let's get away from the cray.
Oh I want to shine a flashlight on your earrings and just see that, like, you know the Hollywood light yeah. at night when it's that <laughs> is probably going to happen if I hit a, a flashlight I'm on earrings. All right, so anxiety, let's talk about it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Are you anxious yeah. right now? Mm-hmm. You're anxious? Okay, cool. We're going to no, talk about anxiety while being anxious. <laughs> So um, let's do an introduction real quick, Heather and Allison. Let's talk about who you guys are real quick. So Heather, why don't you go ahead and start? Sure. Um, I'm Heather Owens. I have major depressive disorder and PTSD. The fun um, stuff. The PTSD is what causes the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I was officially diagnosed in 2015 after I almost flunked out of college because I couldn't function. Mm. Um, so I like saw a counselor who like helped me get through school, and then after that, I went to like an actual psychologist. Okay. Like, help me, please. <laughs> yeah. Right? No big. Yeah. It. Yeah. And how about you, Allison? All right. My name is Allison Powell Hicks. I go as Dr. Allie. And I, like most people, have dealt with anxiety my entire life. Um, I, I probably wasn't formally diagnosed until I was in my maybe early 20s, um, also in college. But I think my first experience that I can think of with just any level of anxiety. I, I got my for, my first ulcer at 10. Ooh. My first stomach ulcer because I worried myself into an ulcer. They thought it was like lactose intolerant. It was like, no, she's just the most worried child on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I would like get up out of bed in the middle of the night and like check the doors to make sure no one was coming in the house. Oh, wow. Because I thought they were going to kill me and I would like run these drills where I would like like cover myself with a blanket and like get really flat so if a murderer came in, he couldn't so find don't me. don't ever listen yeah. to my favorite murderer. <laughs> oh my and I am like beyond obsessed with serial killers and murderers. Oh, wow. And so I really feed into my own fears, <laughs> which is so You did this to yourself. <laughs> right? I really, I really do. Like, there's this whole idea of like approach withdraw. Like uh-huh. some people approach their traumas and uh-huh. issues, and some people withdraw. I am an approach. <laughs> you're, you're in a merger. Yeah, like, I, I am. Like I'm scared of plane crashes, so I have to understand every plane crash that's ever oh happened on planet Earth ever. So I'm on a wow. plane. Like, wait, am I hearing? Oh. Wait, is this happening? What, what's that noise? Is, this, like, is the first is engine out? Is it the third <laughs> engine? What? Can we land over How water? How many more engines do we have? Yeah, so I am like a definite pro at anxiety. And um, and then I, I I think we have a little bit of OCD sprinkled in. I think more recently I was given, my, my therapist loves to not really give diagnoses, which I actually really align with that. That's yeah, really the way that absolutely. I kind of work in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely I had a bout where I lived in downtown LA where I had OCD. To the point where I couldn't eat at restaurants because I was so obsessed and worried and um, overly um, focused on the worry that I would get something disgusting in my mouth. And so I couldn't eat in public because I was always focusing on like the dust on top of the the, 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 the chandelier over the thing, over the over the table and or the crap from the the gutter that we walked over. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it's all I would think about as I'm eating my delicious, delicious food. And so I actually had to move out of downtown L.A was wow. actually a, a big part of the reason wow. yeah, okay. we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And OCD used to be an anxiety disorder, and it is now no longer classified as one, but it yeah. involves anxiety. There's a high level of anxiety that you have to kind of do something obsessive to get yeah. rid of. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have a lot of insight that it's, like, ridiculous. You know you're not going to go and lick the gutter. Right? <laughs> like, I know I'm not going to do that. You don't know that. <laughs> you don't know me and my gutter-licking habits. You don't know me. You don't, you don't know you me. You don't know me at all. But, yeah, and so that's my experience, and I have a Ph.D. in clinical psychology with an emphasis in health, mm-hmm. and I was a full-time therapist, and now I work in media, I work in creativity, and I help people, like, brand companies. So mm-hmm. I've taken psychology in a totally different way yeah. and kind of, like, whoop, 
<laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And you're also a professor right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm professing. Yeah, you're professing. <laughs> Look professing at you go. And, and Look, always trying to professorate. That's it. Shape the minds of the future. And, you and a, lot of, a lot of everyone deals with anxiety. I think mm-hmm. one of the number one things that I have like students come to me with is like, they're worried about something. You know, they're worried about the tests, the, the papers and all that stuff. It's totally, everyone experiences it. So this is a great topic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I and, and I, I, I wanted to talk about it because one on a personal level, my levels of anxiety, like I have, it's hereditary. Because my grandmother had it, and she took anxiety meds with all ten, no, all nine of her children. Ten? I could lose count. It's a lot. There's too many. <laughs> all, just a lot. There's just too many. I That's forget it. their names. I'm sure she lost all count the time. She definitely head. did. And so the, she had a million children, and so every last one of my aunts and uncles and my mother all have anxiety. Like, yeah. high level. Yeah. They, they function within their anxiety 100% of the time. And I observe them in, like, a gaggle, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this, this is <laughs> it's fun to watch. It's overwhelming. It is super like, overwhelming. And all it gives of, you anxiety. It gives me anxiety. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then they're, like, Puerto Rican, so, like, there's just high emotions oh. all the time. And so I'm, like, observing it, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is what I come from. <laughs> like, yeah, it's sure. okay. But then there's also, like, and so, like, yeah, there's, like, the medication help the anti-anxiety medication help give all of them anxiety but it's also hereditary like just dna and all that yeah, good, good stuff yeah anxiety is a beautiful combination oh, right of God. like genetic predisposition and then like mm-hmm. environmental exposure mm-hmm. so you can so be situational medical yeah. like you were saying like the old you were literally worrying yourself into a medical issue oh, yeah. oh, and then yeah. there's people right, can right. get like medically medical issue themselves into anxiety like the other way Absolutely. around and so like you know <laughs> There's issues that, you know, you can get it from thyroid issues. You can get it from situational. Like, I have PTSD from a a relationship where I was stalked and, like, a whole kind of, like, I know I'm having an anxiety, an anxious, like, spike when I start having reoccurring nightmares about this person. And I'm just like, oh, shit, this is going to happen now. Got it. So I get super paranoid. I get super, like, I can't leave my apartment because if I go outside, like, there's the fear. Anxiety is, like... The way I explain it to my clients when I'm doing therapy is anxiety is a real or imagined fear. So the rubber hose is not a snake, but your brain doesn't know that and you have to calm it down because it will still react as if it's a snake. And that's an analogy maybe you've heard or not. I don't know. But the fact that your brain is telling you stuff, it's feeding you information that may or may not be accurate, right? So you think... You know, like you were saying, there's somebody going to come in the house. There's somebody going to kill me. Like, there was no proof that that, nope. that, that is going to happen. Not at all. But you very couldn't. Safe neighborhood. Yeah. I grew up in a very safe neighborhood. I'll be there within two minutes. They smell a crime. And, there. <laughs> and it's like, but there's no evidence that it's not going to happen. So at the mm-hmm. same time. And so your brain literally is like on repeat giving you a message and you kind of feed into the light. And it's not necessarily your fault. Yeah. But what we want to talk about is, yes, you know, we're regular people. You know, Heather, tell she them what you. She closed her eyes hardcore. When she said, <laughs> oh, like regular. regular. Well, I, I, I was like, wait a minute. I'm, She's, I'm strange. She was staring. Like, wait, regular? I'm not regular. I'm not regular. Fine, regular. Um, uh, no, like, yeah, I'm a therapist. I'm a musician. I, I hang out with my friends. Um, uh, I'm part of a spiritual community. Like, I do things and and I have connection and I have community but I still experience anxiety a lot of times it'll be this like um 
this just overbearing repeating thought of like you're so alone you're so alone and you're gonna like just be alone always and you have no one and i'm like that's not true and i can i can give myself evidence it's not true but it doesn't stop the anxiety that comes from a sense of like absolute loneliness like this fear of never like having anyone or dying alone like i have this random fear of dying alone and i'm like i remember when i used to live alone and i used to i was like what if i die and my cat eats my body <laughs> nobody will find me back to the earth back, <laughs> back to the earth we all go that's it or the litter box back to the litter box we all go i mean it's just what it is <laughs> How did she end? Cat shit. What? I know. I'm super positive. I'm like super cheery over here. Does become myself a realist? Exactly. I'm like, I'm an optimistic realist. I'm optimistic that reality's gonna right. suck. Right. That's, right. Right. That's exactly how I believe. I really, genuinely yeah. like. I brand myself as an optimistic like, realist. No, it, no glass half empty. Like, no. Fuck the glass. <laughs> fuck this glass. Uh-huh. All the, I have a fucking camel bag. We don't even need it to be half empty. Like I do what I want. I have a three gallon camel bag. Yeah. We go everywhere we together. Do glasses here. We don't do glasses. <laughs> uh, and what about you, Heather? So what do you do? Tell uh, us about what do you so, do. So um, I act, model, all of that fun stuff, and then um, write a blog on the side for funsies yeah. about Yay. my experiences. <laughs> the, about and a lot of it is about the stuff about, that causes yeah. my anxiety mm-hmm. yeah. that's cool mm-hmm. yeah I want to read it <laughs> right <laughs> you're welcome to I want to know everything yeah yeah so and, and it's you know and I say and I say that because like we're all just we're just living our lives we're trying to go about our lives we all live in you know wonderful Los Angeles California oh. the best place on earth which adds anxiety which adds so much anxiety bills, bills. oh god <laughs> and seriously that's like that's situational anxiety where it's yeah. like how am I going to pay this? How am I going to do that? And everybody has, again, underlying anxiety. There's stress. Mm-hmm. But anxiety is like this next level. You, again, like high situational stress, figuring out what to do next. Right. But then there's like clinical anxiety. That's yeah. stuff that you can't even control. Like mm-hmm. this whole past week, and I was mentioning you guys before we started um, recording was that like this whole past week, I like getting out of bed was ridiculous. And I know the difference between my depression and my anxiety, right? My depression's like lack of motivation, mm-hmm. lack of like just a sense of hopelessness and withdrawal. And I don't want to see anyone. And my anxiety looks like a little bit of the opposite. Same. It looks the same, but it's different reasons. Mm, yeah. So I can't get out of bed because I, but I want to go out and see people because I feel super lonely, mm. but I'm super tired and I'm paranoid. Yeah. yeah. And I'm suspicious of everything. And I literally, like, there's, I feel like this headache, but it feels like somebody's squeezing the back of my head together like that. And I feel like I'll sit in my chair and I'll just, like, sit there feeling paralyzed. Like, I can't move. We need to get you a spa treatment. That is that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I need to so, release some tension. Yeah. So we have these, we have these muscles right here and we have these, like, sternocleomastoid muscles. By the right shoulders. Uh-huh. So we have these that come right from, like, the back of our ear down to oh, yeah. our clavicle okay and then we have the trap that are traps right back here mm-hmm. and those are like super implicated in stress hormone mm-hmm. and stress headaches which are tension headaches mm-hmm. which creep up the back of your neck they come over the top of your head mm-hmm. like that little crown that like magnet not magneto but um what's the other one uh, wheelchair uh, uh, professor uh, uh, x uh, uh, professor yeah. x like there the you little go crown that he wears yeah like, mm-hmm. you'll begin to get this headache that kind of looks just like uh, around yeah your temples oh, and back, around the back of your neck <laughs> like that meme i see all the time yeah. it's like stress headache family headache yeah. your parents are coming over <laughs> 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 literally literally 
literally, you need to like, we need to like massage that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, like, I get like all the Epsom salt. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll like literally, I like ba- yeah. boil myself in a bath yeah, sometimes. Oh my god, yeah, it's Epsom She's salt. Now. <laughs> like, but, I have a chunk of salt in there. <laughs> and I think you made a great differentiation earlier too in that. All people, whether they are diagnosed with an anxiety disorder or not, experience worry. Mm-hmm. And you can experience mm-hmm. right. worry and not necessarily have generalized anxiety disorder, yeah. not necessarily have like some acute stress disorder or mm-hmm. have OCD or something like that. But you can just be worried and it's okay to be worried. All mm-hmm. of our emotions indicate something to us. They help us understand something about our environment, about the people around us, or about how we're interacting with others. And so it's all good information. It's just about like how in the heck do we choose to deal with it yeah. so it doesn't cause fun functional impairment because yes. when you're th- when your therapist your doctor your whoever is diagnosing you they're looking for functional impairment mm-hmm. they're trying to mm-hmm. figure out how is this the these these collection of symptoms impacting this person to a point where they can't get schoolwork done where they can't go to work where they can't relate to other people where they're not getting out of bed you know so it's all about impairment and functionality yeah right. yeah and that yeah you're a hundred percent correct on that um and you know it's like if you, for me, like why I say I have mild anxiety is, and I've gone to therapy for this and all that stuff is because it doesn't impair my day-to-day functioning mm-hmm. over long periods of time. That's why like the difference between, you know, well, I won't even get into that. Like I'm, I'm about to go into like <laughs> diagnoses and like the difference between bipolar and borderline. I'm ready. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, <laughs> like if you're bipolar versus borderline, yeah. like it's, exte- it's like yeah. people think bipolar people like, oh, they're just mood swinging all the time. No, no. No, sure. they're going for extended periods <laughs> right. of time in an emotion and then they flip and then they go through another extended uh, uh, yeah, period of time right. through a different emotion that doesn't, that's not quote unquote like normal for them yeah. you know yeah. so Joe goes to Nevada and goes gambling but he's not that kind of guy and he's right. gone for two weeks and you're just like what happened and he went into a manic episode uh-huh. he comes back and then he's just like in his bed for another two weeks yeah. crying his eyes, and you're just like what's going on right. and that's like he can't regulate his emotions um, and that's like on a chemical chemistry level and he you know yeah. joe would well, need to get help it's for a that. very neurobiological yes. right. yeah. disorder so yeah. no if your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever is like oh my yeah. gosh like annoying you don't be like you're so bipolar yeah. Yeah. that's so, not it i'm that's so tired of the colloquial it. terms that people yeah. use like oh my god you were like so no, angry my, this morning yeah. that i think you might be bipolar yeah, yeah. No. no no that works. would be ultra no. rapid cycling because yeah. um and uh, yeah i mean if you don't know how to regulate maybe you're borderline but it's different Yeah, yeah. and we we have pop psychology, and I'm all here for people like trying to educate themselves. But if like Dr. Phil is your only source of information, (laughs) no offense to Dr. Phil, but no, (laughs) just no. I want to love Dr. Phil. He came to APA this year, and literally people stood up and turned around. Shut up. Yeah, I get so. Listen, I want to like Dr. Phil (laughs) because I'm trying to be the next Dr. Phil. So I want to embrace. No, you need to be the first Alice. And that's it. That's it. My bank account needs to look. <laughs> when I think about being Dr. Phil, I'm yes. thinking about how many jets yeah. am I gonna own? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm kidding. But oh my gosh! No, but, but with think, a lot more hair. And but I, yeah, gorgeous. no, y'all thyroid man, I've been losing it. I gotta. It's a thing. It is. A it's thing. a. It's, it a, a, it's thing. a thing. But yeah, and so it's like it's hard because you're right. You do have like a lot of like pop psychology, and then you have what's even like a layer below pop psychology, which is like like movie psychology yes oh, which is like everybody like entirely so fake therapist triggered by everything I'm like no ch- stop saying oh triggered yeah, yeah and I so, have a whole thing I'm writing a post now ooh, on triggers because yes. I, it like as someone who gets triggers mm-hmm. because PTSD there's nothing more annoying than the people hearing, talking about all their triggers oh, no you're 
Oh my god, he wore not stripes. <laughs> so I'm so triggered. Yeah, no, I'm like, not. oh my no, god. <laughs> I'm about to pull the trigger. What? <laughs> Stop. Like, no. no. No, and I, I totally, I yeah. totally get that. No, but um, and it's interesting. Let's let's talk. Uh, this is a great segue. Let's go into triggers because not everybody knows what triggers their anxiety, right? And let's talk about just maybe a general like episode of anxiety versus like maybe a panic attack. Because it's a little more escalated. So the difference is like anxiety, maybe you have like reoccurring thoughts of just like persistent thoughts that you can't let go of and you can't make go away. And maybe you don't know how to deal with those thoughts or how to like kind of reframe or replace those thoughts with positive thoughts. And then a panic attack or an anxiety attack would be something um, more like, well, I'll just describe one of my own, which is I was sitting in the car eating Del Taco. <laughs> Eating some Beyond Meat tacos. So Those things good. are so good. Oh, Have you I tried them yet? I, I cannot. I cannot Girl. allow myself. The only thing that has kept me from fast food is being vegan. And I now. It's vegan. I know. And I now will not. <laughs> I do not want to start eating fast food again. They're trying to capture it's me, and I'm not so going. Hard. They want the vegan money. I'm not going back. They I know want what the they want, and they're not <laughs> my money. I don't care how good that taco it's is. So I'm not good. going. I'm gonna make tacos one day and just like flip it only, into your plate and be like, no. Hey, I also only love taco supreme, taco supremes, oh, and okay. they have not gotten okay. their vegan. You could probably they just say, make a taco. Yet. Yet. Oh, I see. They, I they see. don't have vegan sour cream. But anyways, okay. We're beyond about meat, if you <laughs> ever happen to listen to this, any vegan making meat uh, companies, then you know what to do. All right, um, make vegan condiments. Yes. So, all right. What was I saying? Yeah, I was gonna say vegan attack. I was about to say vegan attack. (laughs) She had a vegan attack, y'all. It's a very healthy attack based on pea protein. That's fantastic. Okay, so panic attack. My recent okay, my most recent um, panic attack or series of panic attacks um, looked like so. I was in the car, yeah, eating that eating that Del Taco that Beyond. (laughs) Beyond me, it's delicious. Try it, Allie. You'll you won't regret it. Do um, not. You're gonna make me gain fifty pounds. <laughs> I'll just make you some tacos. There you go. That. There you go. Um, so I'm sitting in my car eating, and I'm, my day's going like fairly okay. It's Monday. I'm at work, and I work community-based therapy. So I'm going to like a shelter to see a client, and I'm just sitting finishing my taco, and all of a sudden, literally, I'm like wiping my mouth with my napkin, and I just like it came out of nowhere. I just start crying, like sobbing, like deep, gut-wrenching sobs. I can't breathe. And as quickly as it came, it went away. Hmm. And I went, what the fuck was that? Like, I was like, I wasn't working up to it before. Like, even if I'm like listening to a song and I'm like, this is, I was listening to like Gungor music actually. And I'm just listening to Gungor and I'm just like, this is a beautiful song. Wow, this is meaningful. And all of a sudden I'm just like eating my taco. And I'm like, okay, let me go inside now. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? And that's yeah. happened to me before, yeah. but it's been yeah. a while. So it's been like that, mm. and it was like this overwhelming sense, like a, a slew of emotions came with it. It was like an overwhelming sense of like aloneness, like I felt completely isolated and alone. And then I got very paranoid, like somebody mm. was gonna like, like I had to look over my shoulder, like, and then just suspicious of. And I was like, what is going on? And and I got I get very disoriented. Mm-hmm. And I'm like very confused. And that headache, it's not like a pain headache. It's a pressure headache. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like something's like numbing the back of my head. And I, like so quickly, again, it was like all of a minute. Mm. Just like it felt like just, ah, and then I just stopped. And I like wiped away my tears, blew my nose. And I was like, what was that? And I went and I went to work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
But then I went home and I was like, "You are you overworking yourself?" Like I started going down the list. Am I overworking myself? Yeah. Was I overwhelmed? Yeah. Was it like it's all the prevention stuff? Like did yes. I sleep enough last right. night? Is my period mm-hmm. coming? Yeah. Did I mm-hmm. eat something I shouldn't have yes. eaten? Right. Did I have a conversation a week ago that I mm-hmm. you know that, that I'm that, that yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. been in all my that head? Stuff comes, yeah. Yeah. And I thought about it because like um, my period is something that has affected me my entire life. I have dysmenorrhea. It's a very extreme form of like period. So I get like like it's basically child labor without the actual child wow. like legitimately bad nope and so i've been on like since yeah. always trying to figure that out since i was a child um and as an adult i've been like going to doctors and figuring stuff out That's and a lot. it's yeah. a lot and so i always felt like there's a hormonal issue going on because of that mm-hmm. and again like birth control which should be called birth control it should just be called menstrual control that's what it's for that's what it's for most of the time that's yeah. what i take yeah. it mm-hmm. for that's <laughs> Talk to a girl. She's taking it for her period. Right. Yeah. Well, honestly, I would say most Literally. people probably are. Like, yeah. I probably should be taking it for my period, but I'm actually petrified of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. fair. It's completely fair. I am, yeah. Completely fair. I've probably, there's probably lots of medications I should be taking. <laughs> <laughs> but I get, I get nervous. I, I'm nervous of taking meds. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so, that's the thing. I that's try to avoid meds. Yeah. yeah, I try to avoid meds because of the fact like my grandmother was on so many of them. I, like, I don't know that I'll ever have children, but if I ever did, I wouldn't want it to affect them but also me i just right i don't want it to affect me like so many of my family members are on medication and i don't want that to be something that like coursing through my veins Mm -hmm. but that's a paranoia i have but i know that it's necessary and i'm willing to see a psychiatrist you need it you need need, yeah that's something we have to talk i I talked to a lot when i was doing like therapy i talked to a lot of my patients about the Mm -hmm. fact that like you know if you were a bodybuilder you wouldn't be angry about having to use weights to get bigger yeah. Yes. It's a great analogy. That are available to you, mm-hmm. and for mental disorders, for Ill- mental illnesses, like medication is a mm-hmm. wonderful treatment option. Mm-hmm. If you're like, if it's appropriate. Yeah. If yeah. you ha- if you have like an iron deficiency, you take iron pills. Which if I, you which have, I take, I yeah. take yeah. iron pills. There's your pill. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, like I know every, what's in this. Three times a day. Yeah. 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 Sulfate. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I take B12. Yeah. I take a B12 yeah. vitamin. It helps with my energy levels. It helps because yeah. as a vegetarian, apparently I don't get enough or something like that. And so like, there's different stuff. <laughs> I was like, I don't but know. Yeah, no, but no, it's in true. my diet, that's it's, probably true though. Right. I don't know. I like me and ramen are tight, and so like ramen just, and then <laughs> and then French fries are very vegan, and so are Oreos. And I was definitely a and French fry vegan like, Oreo for a long time. Crap. There's no iron in either of those things. Right. So. Like, um, Oreos are vegan. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. they sure. are. It's so horrible for you. But just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy. Yeah, and vegan doesn't equal yeah. healthy. I'm a vegetarian my entire life. Vegetarian does not equal being super healthy it's just a step below eating too much meat that's all that's <laughs> yeah, it, it. Like, yeah I just had to rebalance and become like an actual vegan that mm. actually eats vegetables and fruits oh, yeah. and, and legumes I'm and trying to do grains. more of the vegetable <laughs> thing because I love me some broccoli like mm, I was that weird kid good. that was like I love broccoli good. the little so trees good. I love little trees <laughs> like anyways okay so that's what let's, like my most panic. extreme yeah. panic attacks will look like that but like mm-hmm. I've had ones that lasted for like an hour maybe of doing that exactly like the uh, like i couldn't breathe like, and my i uh, each time i'm driving that's the really bad thing oh Where i have those there, extreme there might be ones a secret trigger in yeah. your, there might be in, in, in drive, because because yeah. there, there's a few different schools of thought when it comes to panic attack there are some people that believe that they're always triggered by something whether it be perceived or unperceived and then there are some people that believe that it can definitely emerge out of out of kind mm. of out of the ether mm. out of nothing yeah um mm. and 
Uh, I think I sh- I kind of lean toward the the camp of there's something something yeah, yeah. even if it's a chemical like but something you, yeah. just went fired yeah yeah maybe you're not yeah. aware but I'm, my I theory is something yeah my theory is like I've been in my car alone so much and maybe that's where the paranoia of the aloneness comes from where you're like you work alone so much like that's all you are and you don't have anybody and I'm like I do though right. but because I'm in my car a lot yeah, it reminds you it just reminds yeah, me it's like maybe. this perpetual like you're alone you're alone you're alone you're alone you're alone unless you're with a client and the clients emotionally and mentally say, unstable yeah. I spend more time with schizophrenic people than than a lot of right. other people you and know that, what I mean and that does get it lead us to the 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 idea of like burnout and how mm-hmm. do you as a caregiver as a person who is a a help who works in the help industry mm-hmm. how do you find that balance when most of the people you interact with it is not or a emotionally bilateral un, bi-directional relationship mm-hmm. it is a unidirectional relationship yes. they are not there to support you give you. they take that's it the that's end it. and that's the end that's it you know and, and that's your literal job that's your job all day long <laughs> is to give and give and then absorb mm-hmm. and hold you know, you, yes. you, you're a vessel. Like when I was, um, I worked with um, borderline patients was my, my oh. primary DBT oh, therapy was my okay. shtick. Dear I Jesus. Was at, yeah, I was at Cedar Sinai <laughs> for two years. Jesus. DBT was my thing. I got anxiety just listening <laughs> to that. And you're a vessel. Mm-hmm. Like the whole concept is like you're mm-hmm. holding the trauma. You're holding. You're holding somebody's pain. The, yeah. the pain. You're holding all of this stuff. And so what do you do? How do you debrief? Yeah. How do you get it Who holds it? You You'll it hold off? yours. Who holds yours? Yeah. And so that's why they really recommend that you have your own person your own therapist your own so every guide, therapist whoever. needs a therapist if every lawyer needs a lawyer every doctor needs right. a doctor every, every therapist needs, needs a therapist my therapist is basically like the psychologist for black psychologists <laughs> nice like she yes. is the one she Fantastic. treats all the black psychologists in la really and, oh she is bomb she's oh, amazing man. and i don't even do therapy anymore but i still go to her <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Thanks I me. <laughs> yes yes no and, and it's so it's really yeah identifying first for me it was like okay this is what happens to me when i have a panic attack now i know what to do because the very first time i ever had one i thought i was gonna die oh yeah like i legitimately like i had a scarf on and it freaked me out because i started pulling the scarf off like out of desperation it started to choke me and i was already like i was doing that and i was just like i was like i was it was getting so hot and i was getting like it was like november i want to say it's california cold but still and <laughs> it was about degrees. yeah right. like 60 <laughs> degrees but anything under 72 is like so freezing hostile <laughs> to a california <laughs> And so I'm in this like jacket and scarf and I'm in the car and I'm driving home from uh, an internship I was at at the time. And I just literally, I'm just driving. I'm thinking about all this kind of stuff. And I thought I knew what the trigger was. But then when it happened again, that trigger wasn't happening. So I was like, hmm, maybe it's yeah. like mm-hmm. like trauma from what happened or something. But I was just like thinking about some stuff. And like I had a lot on my plate at the time emotionally and like scholastically in life and all this stuff. Yeah. But then, like, I never had this happen where I literally just started, like, sobbing and silent screaming. Like, I couldn't actually get a sound out. Uh And I was just, like, and I couldn't breathe. Like, I was trying to force anything out, and I Uh couldn't breathe. I couldn't. I was losing my eyesight. I was trying to drive, and so, like, I'm trying to pull over to the side. And, like, all I could think of at the time... I'm not sure how I did it, but I ended up texting a group of friends, like, a group chat, and I was like, help. And they're they're social workers. So all of them were like what are you doing like checking like somebody was talking to me like talking me through it and i was like okay okay and they're like park somewhere do this do that do that and at that time when you can't think you need somebody to tell you what to do so i parked and like a friend came and just like sat with me for two hours and i was just like okay what just happened and i was so in shock from the whole thing i was just like really overwhelming and i was like i hope that never happens again Mm -hmm. you know that's that's not cool and the second time it happened i had a huge spike 
it, t- it was two years in between mm-hmm. uh, panic attacks like that. The second time was a huge spike in my energy level. I'd had a great day. And I had a huge spike in my energy level. At the end of the day, I get off of work. I'm going home. I'm like, what am I going to do tonight? I have a free evening. Da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, man. I have, like, literally, like, adrenaline coursing through my body. And I was not. I think I was on, like, a depot shot at the time, mm-hmm. which is a type of birth control. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know. No, I actually think that was the time I was off it for a little bit. Yeah, I can't remember, people. Listen. <laughs> Anyways, so I get in my car. That to you shifts and changes your memory. Yeah, right. it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. My memory. So it's shot. It's shot. It's shit. It's <laughs> diddly no squat. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, dude, I cannot be a journalist. Like, what happened? Who knows? <laughs> Everybody died. Um, uh, and so, like, no, genuinely though, my my memory ever since like the past few years have deteriorated significantly due to anxiety. Yeah, and and it comes down to think think about the last time you were worried about something. And try to think how focused you were on what was happening around you. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're focused no. on the fear. Survival so mode. It is yep. hard to ingrain and to take in a memory mm-hmm. and encode it in the way that you should when you are not able to attend to it. So it's not necessarily that it's ruining your memory. It's ruining your encoding process because right. you're not able to focus. You can only focus on but so many things at a time. You're not a- mm-hmm. able to absorb the details and the information yeah. so it doesn't right. stay anywhere because yeah. you didn't gather no it. it. Yeah, there's, there's no, no way to put it. put something that, doesn't, that wasn't there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's a great way to put it. Um, but yeah, that, that time I got a spike in energy. I'm driving along LA traffic. Well, okay, I'm parked along LA traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not moving. And I was like in downtown. I worked oh, like no. right by the Staples Center. I know exactly. Oh, the 110. Uh, just uh, kill me now. Yeah. Like, that, like makes me want to die. And I would just, so like it was interesting that each time this had, the, the epic ones have been in the car. So, like, as I'm talking this out loud with you guys, like, I'm just like, wait a minute. Stop driving alone. But I play music. I like on the phone with people. I'm doing all this yeah. stuff. Podcast, girl. Podcast. Uh, like, listen to Away From The Cray. Yeah. Well, you're driving and learn about mental health. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, and so it's like, I'm, I'm just sitting in there. And again, the crazy sobbing and the, uh, like, like, silent screams. And I can't understand what's happening to me. And again, I reach out to the same group of friends. Again, this is two years in between. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going, what? And the same time of year, though. So I'm going, what the fuck is happening in November? Yeah. That freaks me out. Like, what's going on? And I was trying to, like, and I started going to therapy. That's when I started going to therapy again. And because I was like, we need to deal with this. And I was able to work through a lot of situational stuff again, back to that situational stuff that causes anxieties, but what can you eliminate from the situational so you know it's not that? So is it something else that takes something that you usually are able to handle? Because when I'm super anxious, or when I'm on my period, and you get super sensitive and your emotions are heightened and all your yeah. your sensitivities heightened, your filters are thinner. Yeah. That's what happens. So if you want people to be like, or, or when, when people are like, oh no, you're just crazy on your period. It's not crazy, uh-huh. it's literally like, your hormones are changing because they think they should be making a baby yeah, right and I just, now. And I just, it's not that I'm crazier on my cycle. No. I actually think that now, I mean, I'm in my mid-30s. I've really gotten a good handle on her. <laughs> so it's not that Bitch. I'm crazier. It's that, it's that I kind of like don't have any fucking time for you. <laughs> yes! It's kind yes. of like, it's, my threshold is just a yeah. little yes. smaller and it's just yeah. like, I could choose to deal with the nonsense yes. you're bringing to me, but I'm just, why? Like, no. Just, like, why? Just bitch, please. Of, just please get out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> please leave. Just go. Please close the door yes. behind you. So, yeah, yes. so it's not Your that, tolerance levels your are tolerance different. Level, yeah, yeah. and because and, and, there's a number of things, and also, you know, I'm, I think I'm, I'm definitely a different age than the two of you, and so there's something different that my body is doing. Yeah. 
than yeah. yours is you know mm-hmm. so we all go through these phases like i just met i just met my yeah. or my fourth phase of like the 70 every seven years like i just turned 28 yeah. so I'm, my body is changing yeah. and mm-hmm. all those things are happening and it's just kind of like who are you and what did oh, you do yes. in 27 oh no like, no it's very fun every seven years and i'm like good god because i remember 21 was very interesting and i was like is this going to be a permanent thing and i was like reading up on it doing research and i was like yep, yep. every fucking <laughs> seven is. years get ready for your body to be like ha fuck you yeah so I mean, they talk about the whole thing of like every seven years your cells all yeah, cells yeah. but i think like on a biological reason. level yeah. like in a developmental level like erickson's blah blah blah, blah all that mm-hmm. stuff but you're still you developing develop, right. every every there's a there's a, a period of development and then it's like it starts over again in a new different mm-hmm. way and it's well, awesome to watch also on a cosmic level <laughs> yeah you right now at how old are you 28 you are in your saturn returns i don't know what that means i'm so, not that person i'm sorry explain this yeah, to me your saturn returns saturn rotates around the earth every 26 years it has a 26 year okay like it doesn't oh, okay. rotate around okay. us but it gets to the same place in our the house we were born in okay mm-hmm. every 26 years and saturn brings chaos Okay. And so around the Fuck age you, of... Fuck you, Saturn. I know. Right. I'm, like, I'm feeling this hard right so now. So around the age of Hardy middle finger to Saturn. 27, yeah. okay. Saturn wow. starts to show up and bring these challenges. Mm. And it is your responsibility over the, the two or three years that it will be in your house mm. to yeah. deal with these challenges because it will come back around another 26 years. Midlife crisis. Good. Oh. And, so, and you're how old, Heather? This is your, your quarter life oh, crisis. all right. Yeah. There you go. And, so, yeah. and also now you've just, <laughs> been having a quarter life crisis since yeah. I was like 23. I know, I know. I've had a crisis since I was like 15. And the challenge is to deal with it, figure out how you deal with it, mm. so that when it reemerges in your late oh. 40s, early 50s, whatever, that then you'll know what to do. Mm, you'll know how to deal with it. You'll be like a pro. And so it's like on a on a spiritual level, on a on a cosmic level, on a biological level, yeah. on a psychological level, all of these things intervene. And then at the age of 26, you also have developed your frontal lobe. Yes, yes. exactly. So you guys are yeah. just yeah. freshly... We're just right. fresh off the frontal lobe <laughs> factory. <laughs> like, like yeah. oh my God, I can think now. <laughs> I can think now, and I don't know if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so can we um, unsubscribe to adulting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of things happening, and it's like yeah. a beautiful mixture of nonsense and <laughs> amazingness Lord. and transformation, yes. uh-huh. and you lose a lot of friends, yeah. and you gain a lot of new ones, yeah. and... Welcome. <laughs> Thank Welcome. you. Thank you. Are there Thanks. cookies? Yeah. There are. Are they okay. vegan? Lots of cookies. <laughs> veggie Girl has a delicious vegan cookie. Mm, yes, they do. Oh my god. Have you ever been a Veggie Girl? Yes. Okay. Oh my god. Commercial. Like, I know. I'm like this. This episode <laughs> this is, is just like a long vegan episode. Beyond <laughs> me, all the vegan food, and and the thing is, I'm not vegan, but I'm like obviously it's I can go so to a vegan good. like festival yeah. and I'm eat all their food. So I am. I would rather eat that. It's so good. That's fantastic. Okay. So all right. So where were we? Stress. Stress. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your panic disorders. Stress. Panic disorders. The, yeah. Okay. So how does it show up in your life? I wanna I wanna know how does it show up in your guys' life? Mm-hmm. What does anxiety look like for you on the milder and the more extreme levels? So go for it. Okay. Um so oh my goodness. <laughs> so on I guess I can think more the more extreme levels. Um I have always had anger issues. Okay. And um since I've gotten older and with PTSD and whatnot. So with PTSD, you either fight, freeze, or flee. Um, I'm and, a freezer. Yeah, and so when I was younger, I feel like I more froze, okay. or fled kind of thing. Okay. As I've gotten older, 
I like fight <laughs> hardcore. Finish um, him. <laughs> but to the point where I'm actually in anger management right okay. now because it's props like, to you for taking initiative. Yeah, that's that. great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like instead of and I do get panic attacks too, but usually when especially when I'm like legitimately triggered, I'll just get blind rage mm. angry. Okay. And and one of the things that I'm learning in anger management is that under your anger is a gazillion other, other emotions, emotions that yeah. you're, oh, anger you know, anger, secondary emotions. Yes, Always. exactly. I love exactly. it. I love it. So oh, man. with that, I'm learning a like, whole other podcast oh, on anger. Yeah. <laughs> with that, I'm learning like, oh, I'm not angry. I'm terrified mm-hmm. right now or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's masking all the other emotions mm-hmm. and coming out in this way to, to help me fight right. the, the emotion rather than solve the situation. Because right. Going back to the snake hose yeah. analogy, my brain immediately wants to cut the snake's head yes. off, and I'm like, "There's no." Yeah, when the rubber hose could actually right. be helping you carry water from right. one. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. like, "No, this. You need to leave the hose there. Leave the hose there. Yeah. Just don't touch. That's don't touch the, the hose. The hypervigilance, right? Yes. PTSD yes. hypervigilance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, that's like the big thing that I'm dealing with right now. I do have panic attacks. Again, I don't have a lot. In- all the time. Yeah. Um, when I do, mine comes through as my entire face goes numb, starting oh. with my lips and going out. And yeah, and so then I will like hardcore disassociate. Mm. Well, like I, I can't function because I'm not in my body gotcha. and my whole face is numb. Okay. And like my hands, like everything will just like be like pins and needle numb. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I find it fascinating the way the body reacts to different the and, and that's why for me like when I think about how, like a chemical level stuff I'm just like I'm fascinated yeah. by that shit because I'm just like what is my brain right. doing right yes. now like, what the fuck dude that is, like, that is my shit like the anterior yeah. pituitary yeah. will release some you know hormones triggering mm-hmm. your you know glucocorticoid release and so you have glucocorticoid release from a num- numerous different places like the medulla of your you know the top of your kidneys there's a little on top of your kidneys that releases adrenaline you have adrenaline yeah. you have glucocorticoids you have cortisol there's yeah. a number of different stress hormones that are all here to keep us safe and they become out of whack yeah and they get experience the trauma yeah they're like 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 now now like no, no not now not now and you're like no, no. Okay, so now no <laughs> shut up you're not on stage yet okay so now and you're like oh my god yeah and it's like the Stop whole point up. is to help you but it yeah. ends up actually right. creating these the chaos that situations that are yeah. exactly that are totally out of context and mm. out of resp- the response is not it doesn't make sense for the level of threat yeah. that's being presented to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, I mean, um, it's important to differentiate between what's causing it so you know how to treat it. Because it's like, if you have a cough that's really bad and you're like, oh, it's just like a head cold, but it ends up being you have some, I don't know, what else can emphysema. cause like, Emphysema. Yeah, like some really deep <laughs> shit that yeah. you're just like, I've been treating, you know, oh, this headache. Oh, you have a tumor. And I just thought it was, like, stress. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Very different etiologies. It's like the relaxation might not necessarily get rid of tumor headache mm-hmm. pain. But, yeah, you're, you're totally yeah. right. It's Taking about- Excedrin, but I need to get, like, surgery. Right. <laughs> like- talk about how I took Excedrin for eight years because of a wisdom tooth that I didn't <gasps> Shut deal with. Oh, no. <laughs> so I literally, like. Case in point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was taking go. Excedrin for something that could have been fixed in another, another way. way. And, and that's, fix it yes. Way. And yeah. I think that's my biggest thing with anxiety, starting with my myself because we have to start with ourselves mm-hmm. the biggest thing is to go okay like what am what am i doing to like i said i went to therapy and and i was able to process what situational things are happening 
realizing oh you have ptsd Mm -hmm. from a relationship that went more than sideways (laughs) you know and then and then trauma from that trauma from coming out experience trauma from religious experience Mm -hmm. like trauma underlying trauma some of it was smaller and i dealt with it one way but it was again building up and then causing anxiety of like but what does this mean well you know am i gonna burn it out for things that like you know all that anxiety like existential anxiety right and then over that what is medical what is you know hereditary i get it from my family but what can i do to fix it so that i can heal that part of me so if i do have kids that doesn't pass on to them you you have to it's like big it's bigger picture and people just like oh i'm anxious i'll face mask it away you cannot face mask as great problems away they are and i'm about to do some tonight too i'm gonna put some face (laughs) masks. i'm about to put like the little nose strippy thing because i love looking at the shit come out of it i'm gonna take a bath i'm gonna like put like some music on i have candles up in my apartment you do stuff to calm yourself down but what i've realized is like yeah you have you can't fix it with the candle you can bring yourself down from a state of like heightened 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 anxiety to lower anxiety with certain little things just so you can figure out how to deal with the root of it the real shit right the candle's not gonna fix it the face mask won't take away you know any ptsd (laughs) it's not gonna erase your memory of a, a hardship or trauma but it can help you get to like a contemplative state where you're able to go okay what do i do about this now mm-hmm. versus oh my god 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 and you can the thing is you're not always going to see if you, a friend or a loved one or you yourself you may not be able to identify it as anxiety because it may be fine on the outside i had to tell my boss the other day i was like this week was shit and like i'm not i didn't do that great and like certain things at work and stuff didn't come through she's like what's going on i'm like my anxiety was acting up and it looked like this a b and c and i'm not big on telling yeah. you know yeah. everybody that have it because i'm like i don't want you to think i'm weak and it's like all that oh, ego yeah, and pride yeah. and, but then i had I to go yeah i don't want to make excuses but i also have to tell like i have to be honest like yeah. this can affect me in the future and i want you to know i'm not trying to because uh, you just see me laughing and mm-hmm. you know cracking up and you know goofing around um or my favorite phrase cutting up all the stuff I love I miss you Tennessee no but cutting up with everybody it's not a violent thing it literally just means having fun so um just having fun with people and they see that on the inside I'm like I want to disappear and go into a hole I'm scared of everyone and I can't drive home because what if I crash not because I love driving but what if somebody hits me and what if right. and like going through these scenarios that One is not days, usually me I'm going to understand what's going on with you in cars right <laughs> I'm going to figure it out I don't know I love driving I'm going to figure it out I love driving I'm going to start yeah. going to sessions with you yeah alright like, let's I'm do like this. looking into her soul right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's staring at me want oh, to yeah, see my, yeah, and I have a great yeah, car I'm too. finding this this is one of, my, one of my secret superpowers I am an empath figure out yeah. I, yes I the empath I will feel you I down I wonder <laughs> and again I'm not the expert here but also so as an empath, I feel like we, I don't know. Like we suck up other people's ang- energy. I think that's first of all, LA is an anxious city. Right. First of all, but I like, have felt this driving through in LA. Like, yes. Feelings, yes, feelings. yes. So 100%. And, yes. and I've, I've had a few different things that I've done because I think my piece to add to this is I don't really deal with my anxiety that much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's something that I, I had very, very severe anxiety. Um, and but it's something that I've worked through, and it pops up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. When I, and I, mostly it pops up when I know it's going to. Mm. But I found a lot of ways to chip away at it. I found a lot of ways to avoid it in a lot of circumstances, like to not avoid the anxiety, but to avoid having an episode because I can predict it happening. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and so there's like a lot of there. There 
there are a lot of treatment options. There's a lot of things that you can do mm-hmm. to keep that from happening. Like I, I actually did just have a panic attack because I've had a number of things that I could have dealt with one at a time. But like my, my, my father was sick in the hospital. A friend of mine passed away the day, you know, the day my dad's being released. And then another friend of mine's young daughter died. And mm, like this, the next day after that, deep and then things. and then there was there was yeah. like about five or six other things kind of circling and spiraling all mm-hmm. around. Some that were really positive, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that we forget, even positives are that positive things yes. can be very overwhelming mm-hmm. as well. Because sometimes when you're like looking in the eyes of your dreams, mm-hmm. there's a lot of feelings that you have to yeah. be mm-hmm. dynamic about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, does this mean like so? Should I still go for my dreams? Because what if I fail? What if mm-hmm. it doesn't work out? And that's what does a that huge, mean about me. What's a, wrong? Yes, <laughs> girl, you are preaching right? to the choir right and, now. And so there's a lot of things going around. And then I have an overwhelming fear of flying. Mm-hmm. And so we have a flight to Mexico. Oh, oh I already right. did it. I'm back now. Right. I survived. Yay! <laughs> so I have all of this happening. Yeah. And so I ended up having a lot of panic symptoms. Mm. Like for mm-hmm. me, my panic attacks sound a lot like Heather's. Mm. Where I have numbing. It, normally it'll start like in my fingertips. It'll okay. kind of work its way up my arm, okay. my toes, my chin and my lips. Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes depersonalization, derealization. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm floating. I feel like I'm yeah. not really in that space. The, the world starts to kind of go... Mm-hmm. Like you don't really hear things as yeah. much anymore. Yeah. yeah, I disassociate. That was one of my a uh, thing that I did when I was uh, younger a lot, as in mm-hmm. particular. And so I engaged in a lot of grounding activities. Mm-hmm. So I do. I did a lot of natural grounding. I didn't know I was doing it, but I would count. Okay. So I was yeah. a counter as a kid. I would yeah. count my steps. Okay. I would count a lot of things like that, and that's where we're kind of getting into some of the like obsessive. I was, was going to say, oh, like all the quality steps. That's what I developed a lot it. of those as what we call compensatory strategies yes. to deal with anxiety and yes. worry. So instead of thinking about something that scared me, I thought about the fact that it took me five thousand steps to get here. Yeah, yes. it took me seventeen yes. steps to get up the stairs. It took me, you know, this right. twenty-five yes. steps to get to the car. Five and songs to get to the store. No. <laughs> these types of things are effective strategies yes. in the moment, but obviously, if they, they get can to create a point where other they issues. damage your functioning, yeah. then you want to be aware of that and um but i i would say that i'm um even with all the panic surrounding the the amount of intense amount of chaos that i've had over the past two months i would say that i think i came out okay and yeah. and that's from years of going to treatment i still felt in control even when i was panicked yes i yes. i slowed myself down um i meditate a lot mm-hmm. i actually will say that i think the thing that saved me is not the thing that was going to save everybody but i actually became buddhist okay. i've been buddhist for 10 years and having an all-encompassing practice of mindfulness, a constant practice of meditation, for me, it gave me the space that I needed to realize that just because I think something doesn't make it true, mm-hmm. just because I think yeah. that the DBT is the, yeah, right? the like it's very d- behavior training. Yeah, DBT that's where it comes from. Made me from Buddhist. Buddhist. Yeah, okay. I became oh, okay. Buddhist after I learned DBT. Okay. And I was like, I want to go to the tap. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like DBT, it's it's it stems from it's from Buddhist. It's like the it's like Pilates. Yeah. It's like yeah. you know yeah. the yoga yeah. without the Eastern yeah. religion yeah. stuff. So yeah, DBT is like the therapy without the religious part of it. Yeah, but I love DBT because of it because. Those Buddhist mental, like that's what it, DBTs what introduced me to concept of Buddhism. That I was like, mm-hmm. that makes so much yeah, sense. Right, well, yeah. I don't identify as Buddhism. I'm yeah. just like Buddha. You a G though? Right. <laughs> like, we go. We 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 roll deep. It's okay. It, cool. It yeah. helps, you know. And I think the first time I, I meditated when I was a kid, my parents okay. saw that I was very. I was a very. I have a very kinetic anxiety. Okay. So when I get anxious, I'm very. Move, I move a lot. Mm. I'm, I'm dancing. I'm walking around. I'm pacing the floor. Okay. I'm touching stuff. I'm all over the place. I'm okay. just doing because for me, I have to get. I have 
have get to get it out. out. Uh, I'm like totally opposite. Yeah, I'm like, like I in bed. Yeah. I have to no, like watch no, cartoons. Okay. I would explode. Yeah. Okay. Like I, it feels like electricity. Are you an in my introvert body. or an extrovert? I'm, I'm a, I am the Amber-vert? most extrovert. Okay. okay. I, there is there is almost no piece of me that is introverted. Interesting. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm an ambivert. So my I get I get all ambivert when I I'm an introvert. So like yeah, it's like I love being alone, but I'm also like I'm alone. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. See, like I like to be alone, but like too many days alone makes yes. me go crazy. And then I I'm like, to... I have to see people, and I and I opt for people, even if it's like select people over right. oh, like for sure. uh, over I'm very solitude. Very picky about who I like, who I, li- who but I, like I turn up. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, turn up is like let's right. go to like an Indian <laughs> restaurant. No, I will <laughs> like, make friends with anyone and everyone. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually the exactly. person you have to kind of be careful about because I will end up like going home with a stranger. <laughs> And one thing I'm very strict about is I do not drink and drive. Like okay. That is one right. thing I Good. absolutely, awesome. I am very, Good for you. even when I was like 21, <laughs> I was never playing with that. And so I had had a few drinks and I was not sober enough in my mind, like to drive home. So I was not going anywhere. And so I met a guy at the club. <laughs> I lived across the street from the club. So oh, no. I went to this strange man's house and I spent the night oh, in his house. Oh my Yeah. Literally spent the night. This will show you, like, I literally, I have approach anxiety. Like, I'm worried. I was worried about it the whole time. I was like, I'm going to be murdered. But I was like, but you know what? Let me see. <laughs> Let me just check it out. Why is scared of something that, that ladies and yet. gentlemen, is the human experience <laughs> I might right get there? I might get murdered by. I'm not driving drunk. But I'm not driving drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like, your values were like fighting each right. other. They're like, who's going to win? Right. Like, rock em, sock em robots. Like, till somebody's head pops up. Like, I clearly was more concerned about people on the streets <laughs> than for my own life. But it was a wonderful experience. That makes sense, he actually. Up, right? I was more concerned yeah. for the people because I, I didn't I don't want to kill anybody, anybody yeah, but I if I die, I, I die making yeah. my own decision. <laughs> right? Because I'm an independent woman. And unfortunately, it was an amazing experience. <laughs> making me pancakes the next morning. He was a true gentleman. You know, You're and killing me. But what's unfortunate? Oh like, it reinforced the fact that, like, you can go home with strangers. <laughs> Oh, I'm just fine. <laughs> but I'm so that's how oh extroverted I am. But I'm literally Fantastic. like, you, stranger in the corner. Can I go sleep in your <laughs> Strange man. Are we best friends? Fantastic. Oh my god. So I need people to help me. And come. it wasn't a gay club, and he wasn't gay. <laughs> no, he was. He was definitely not gay. We were. We were. He asked. He was like, "Do you want to hook up?" And I was like, "Nope." And he rolled back over and went to sleep. Perfect. And this was a long time ago, way before wow. hashtag me too. Right. This was like ten years ago. Wow. This was more than ten. Mama racist. I don't know. If you're listening, oh, random stranger man, good for you. Right. I was like more guys like that. Wow. I was twenty two, so I'm and I'm I'm thirty five now. So I'll be thirty five at the end of the month. And so this was like over ten years ago, and this That's guy was a fantastic. true, wonderful, consent asking human. Good for him. Were the what? pancakes good? Pa- delicious. They okay. had blueberries in them. <laughs> They were delicious. This fantastic. That's a great just, story. Just, that is just, <laughs> that's so great. That's your, that is great. So your, your your husband had like a lot to hold up to. Like, yeah. like no, do yeah. you make me pancakes in the morning? Listen, and my pancakes are no. way better. Than his, so I, 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 but I think it all comes down to like learning how to live with yeah. your anxiety yeah. and understanding mm-hmm. that. And, and and I know this is something that a lot of people don't necessarily want to hear, mm. but that it doesn't 
necessarily always go away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I haven't had a panic attack in years, mm-hmm. and I had a panic attack this past few mm-hmm. months. Yeah. I've had multiple panic attacks, and it's just that's when, and I became very frantic. I noticed myself doing things that I used to do. One of my old tactics and something that I knew was indicative of me having panic attack and severe anxiety was I would literally go through every person in my phone, and I would message every single person in my phone, as many mm. of them as I could possibly get to. Mm. Like, because I was looking for help, I needed help, but I couldn't tell anybody I needed help. And so I would literally just be like, just, hey, hey, how you hey, doing? What's, up? what's yeah. going on? Yes. How you doing? What's happening? And the then, fishing text. Uh, you're like, fishing. Oh, yeah. But yeah. then I would become angry and lonely when they didn't reach back in the way that I wanted Whoa. them to, but yep. I didn't explain to them yep. that yep. I needed them at yep. all. So they're just living their normal <laughs> yep. life. Just like, oh, Allie, And hey. I'm in my house freaking out, mm. crying, thinking I have no friends, nobody yeah. loves me, nothing yes, is happening. That, yeah, that reoccurring right? thought. These reoccurring thoughts, and I had literally haven't thought like that in like 20 years, like yeah. a million years. Right? Yeah. And so and so the, I noticed over the past few months, I've been kind of feeling like, are my friends really my friends? Do yeah. they even really love me? I feel like, and then I realized that I wasn't communicating with them. And so that's, it. it we, we move in these slow steps, these mm-hmm. iterative steps. And so mm-hmm. once you've learned something, you you cannot unlearn a, t- a skill. Yeah. Yeah. So once you have the skills, so you probably won't have panic attacks like you used to have. Yeah. They'll start to get better and better and better with every yeah. new skill that you learn. But that doesn't mean they won't come back. Yeah. But it just means you might be able to kind of get through it. I didn't lose any friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all still friends. Yeah. Every, yeah. I still love everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you just, I, yeah, you learn, yeah. The co- your coping skills change. Exactly. And sometimes exactly. it can help undo certain triggers because if you, mm-hmm. if you're like, okay, I know that. I mean, it's as simple as if you know you break out in a rash because you drink too much alcohol or whatever, yeah. and it like you, it gives you eczema, don't, then don't you don't drink. drink. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's right. it's simple. Like yeah. we we get that logic. So it's important to find like the puzzle pieces that put that together mm-hmm. for us when, on a mental health yeah. basis. Like it's like okay, whenever maybe it's a certain person that gives you anxiety, and whenever you hang out with them more, you suck up. And you know, again, as empaths, we suck up the energy, mm-hmm. and we're just like. I shouldn't be around them that much. Right. I don't want to like completely cut them yeah. out of my life, but you know, if I don't have to, maybe just or not as much time. How do you protect yourself? Yeah, I used protect to protect yourself. myself with like a rainbow light. Okay. I used to surround myself with light because you know I love all my patients. I've always the the, the best part about being a therapist to me was about working with my patients. Mm. It was the part that I didn't like was more so the management, Absolutely. the people around me that were I felt yeah. keeping me from being my best therapeutic self. Yeah, but I had to usually learn, how it goes. Right, I had to learn how to distance <laughs> myself in a very empathetic and realistic Mm -hmm. way so I was still connected to somebody and I think that is a part of the challenge is about not absorbing somebody and noticing when you're absorbing them and that's the importance Mm -hmm. of mindfulness and it feels like not caring sometimes it feels like I have to detach and just be like you know what I don't I can't care that much about you it's just like no I care and this is how I'm going to care because if I if I don't protect myself a little bit. I can't How can take I ever be there for you? Yeah. I can't put that mask on my face if I'm busy putting it right. on yours yeah. and passing out. Now everyone's yeah. dead. No one no one, right. can, no yeah. one can take care of anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. It's you know, like yeah. it's like if I want you to take a bath and put on the face mask and do all this stuff and I'm helping you do that, when do I take a shower what if I'm the one that starts right. to smell bad right. but you're the one that's like getting like getting your bath you and feeling better you have to feel and there's an incredible story I love I tell my clients as much as possible it's like um, I'll condense it for the sake of length and time but it's there's a guy building a house and he's putting brick on brick on brick on brick. And so as he's making the house, people come by and they're like, hey, can I have a brick or two? I need a, I need some for my house. And some people don't have any bricks and they're like, can I just have some bricks so I could start my house? Or somebody was like, you know what? You know, can, can I just, I need to finish my room. Can I have a whole bunch of bricks? But, you know, just help me out. And the guy, every time he's like, okay, here's some bricks, here's some bricks as he continues to build his house, eventually realizing he ran out of bricks, right? And then you think the story stops there, but 
even worse than that and and i think especially for people in this in the situation where like as if you've been a therapist um or you're just a giver and you are not that great at receiving <laughs> which even if i wasn't yeah. a therapist i'd be horrible at receiving because mm -hmm. before i was a therapist I was shit yeah. <laughs> receiving yeah. Yeah. so um but so he goes back to everybody that he was able to share with and each person eventually like, basically denies him and they're like oh sorry i mm. finished my yep. house but i i already have somebody staying in that room so i can't have you no there or yeah or somebody who's like oh well i started my house but i only had five because i didn't really ask anybody else for any so mm -hmm. i just asked you so i don't actually have a house yet so basically the moral of the story is finish your damn house mm -hmm. before you start trying to give out other people yeah. mm -hmm. the tools that you need to finish your house or else you won't have anything for them and you won't have anything for that's you. It. That's it. Because if you had a finished house, if somebody needed a place, you could house them there. Or you could be like, I have leftover bricks. I have spare bricks. Mm -hmm. You can have that, but my place is secure because mm -hmm. how, again, how okay. can you give people from the bricks you don't even have yeah. to get to to begin with that's it so and i love that story it changed my life years ago when i was like giving and giving and giving in a different way not in a healthy way i was just mm -hmm. i thought it was my christian duty to give everybody <sighs> what christian they needed yeah not and i didn't even think of it that way i'm caribbean <laughs> so my it's a whole uh, other yeah. category <laughs> fierce feminism mm -hmm. um but at the same time god expects you yeah. to give mm -hmm. give 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 and but it was so out of context and it was so abusive self-abusive that i that's how i ended up in abusive relationship that's how i ended up you know with people that they kept taking even once i removed them from my life vampires yes. Vampi yes. absolute yes. i have yeah. had some of the most intense vampires in my life not even mm -hmm. noticing it yeah i remember being in cbt classes like it's cognitive behavioral therapy classes mm -hmm. learning about depression and how to change people's thinking and reframing and living with somebody who was sucking the living hell out of me. And I just remember going, as I'm reading through this stuff, I'm like, how to, this, yep. looks, this looks familiar like, wait, from what I'm, I'm, wait a minute. Have I seen this before? How, why is this so familiar? This I know this about? name, like what? Like, and I just remember like the epiphany oh. of, I'm doing this to myself, oh my God. And I didn't really get it till years after. Yeah. And you know, but, but it's interesting because people again they think anxiety is like the simplest thing and whether it's social anxiety people who can't like handle being in social settings because they're scared of what people think or they have these like reoccurring thoughts of like their image their self-image people think i'm dumb people think i'm this people think i'm that or i don't know how to interact with somebody or i'm just scared or whatever the reason is that they may have for being afraid of people essentially yeah. um and only letting very few people in like some people just let a few people in because they're like I can't deal with your energy, you know. <laughs> but then there's people who, like, are afraid yeah. of engaging with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that. And then there's, you know, anxiety comes from so many directions, whether it is PTSD, whether it is social, whether it is um, chemical imbalance, whether it is stuff that you can't control whatsoever, um, or whether situations in your life you kind of cause. Like, you can give yourself anxiety. If you're in oh, yeah. negative relationship sure. after negative relationship, you're like, why does this keep happening to me? I don't understand. You, you, you condition yourself. I'm raising my hand. Yeah, yeah you, she's raising her hand. All right, exactly. Like, you give yourself anxiety. I've given myself anxiety yeah. by get, ending up with the wrong people, mm -hmm. and then they, like, cheat and leave. And then I've actually conditioned myself to think everyone will leave. Because mm -hmm. I keep ending up with people that leave, and I'm like, oh, this is so. What am I doing wrong? It's yeah. not that I'm doing wrong by, first of all, going after the same type of people, mm -hmm. but also I need. I needed to after my last relationship, I came out and had to start reframing everything. It was like, wait a minute, this is me, but it isn't me. Yeah. I, I think that's key is taking responsibility for your own actions, 
and and your part to play and I think that sometimes that can be like a touchy subject because people are like well you know but this person was the abuser absolutely but I think that if we take away our own power Mm -hmm. then the world seems much more frightening so there's this perspective that for a lot of people they turn one way or the other where they're either saying I'm incapable of handling the world so I'm the dangerous one or mm. the world is dangerous and scary, right? Mm-hmm. So people either externalize their anxiety or internalize their anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so when you begin to feel no agency, as in bad things happen to me and I have no role to play in it The universe all. is just, the universe is uh, just yeah. unfair to me. Yeah. I'm an no unlucky control. person. Mm-hmm. These bad people keep coming in my path. So if there's a piece of it, because we don't do things for no reason, right? Mm-hmm. Even anxiety serves a purpose mm-hmm. because if yeah. it didn't, we would stop. It would stop happening. Yeah. Because your body wants to do something that makes sense. Yeah. So, and so it serves <laughs> the body's as, going, pew, pew, I got this. You're like, not <laughs> now, no, Greg. Don't. <laughs> it thinks it's stop. really helping, but it's not. It does. Really Poor not. thing. Poor baby. And, and, and so, so we have you to really suck. begin to understand that, <laughs> yeah. right? We have to begin to understand that like, I, it's I remember not there was this awesome, um, somebody who's an artist had done a depiction of like um, her personal anxiety and experience with different mm-hmm. mental health issues and she said whenever something happens I just imagine I give it a little face and imagine it's somebody mm-hmm. trying to like a friend telling me something's going on and I acknowledge it I say hi and then I say okay well we don't need you right now that's yeah. it and it was like the cutest the cutest way of, yeah. of, of doing it but I was like that is so well yeah. put, especially yeah. if like you're trying to explain to a child or somebody has like no experience with mental health awareness. You can just be like, okay, that's your fear trying to tell you something. But you get to talk back to it and say, yeah. you know what? It's actually okay. Exactly. I need to do this right now. Like we do that if we're going to do risky things, adrenaline pumping things. I've jumped out of a plane to go skydiving. I've done that's whitewater exactly. rafting. I, and I've, <laughs> you know, I'm in the military. I've done all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is risky as fuck. Yeah, you know, right. shoot, shoot my uh, machine gun, whatever. You know, then you're just like, this makes no sense. Why am I jumping out at ten thousand feet? But also, if I die, at least I'll just hit the ground and I'll be, I'll <laughs> no, be like, done. No, I'm, done. No, I'm, I'm done. 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 I'm good. No, I'll make sure I ha- if I if I know we're about to die, I'll make sure it's head first. I'm <laughs> not gonna be a vegetable. Uh, no. no, thank you. I'm dying as a hundred and fifty year old woman in my bed. I want to turn to dust. <laughs> That, that is what just I disintegrate. Yeah, I'm just gonna disintegrate before oh my, my nine hundred year old children's eyes. But yeah. <laughs> that is the best. That's the, I'm, I'm not oh falling gosh. out of the plane. That is great. That is one that challenge is I have not yet. Conquered. I'm always like, I'd rather die a lion than a lamb. You know, what I mean? like that's that's, nope, no. I will die a absolute <laughs> lion. She's I mean, like, an absolute lamb. She's yeah. all like, bah, yeah. bah, old and ready that's how i want to go but but yeah but there's there's just there's, there's a lot there's a lot to it and and so taking that power back and saying like i did play a role in like choosing these people yeah i didn't i didn't deserve anything that happened to me but mm-hmm. i so if yeah. i play a role in choosing it let me understand i can choose why, something else and i can choose something else <gasps> yeah and i think that's a huge concept for people because they're like no it'll just keep happening not no. if you not change a little like exactly. if you change an ingredient in the food it'll taste different yeah like just period. If yeah. you change something, you do have power over what's happening in your life. Exactly. You do have control. Like you said, you have agency. You have the ability to make a different decision. No is the most amazing fucking word. Mm-hmm. I, it took me so long to learn that. And when I first did, it was such Learning a it now. cute... You know, I'm <laughs> high-fiving you like for that, that because... Like that. I would rather you learn it now than later. Anyway, right. I've t- I remember yeah. I was in this workshop. It was like basically like this emotional awareness, self-awareness, and then other awareness workshop. And I remember sitting in this group with somebody who was in their 50s, and she just said, 
I'm so glad you're learning. I was 22 at the time. She goes, I'm so glad you're learning this now, not when you're my age. Mm -hmm. Because this is the first time I've ever heard of this. And I was like, oh my God, what? And I felt for her, but she like, basically like she started her life over again after that point because she was like, I got to say no to this. I got to do this and I got to do that. Her Saturn returned. Her Saturn must have returned (laughs) or something. I don't know. Maybe she drives a Saturn. I don't know. But she was just like, she lit up like, like like a city and it was just beautiful to watch and as i watch myself do that and i think we have an advantage as our generation who knows so much more at a younger age with about mental health and medical health and all this so we have access to so much more we can google stuff and be like oh how to deal with mental health illness Mm -hmm. this is stuff that wasn't even acknowledged for most of our parents, right. a lot of the time, they're like, oh, he just got issues. That's just who he is. I was like, my grandpa just had PTSD from yeah. World War II, and yeah. it was like, oh, he just has night terrors. It's fine. Yeah, my grandpa has <laughs> PTSD from being black in America. Right. <laughs> He's 96 years old. Right. He's going to have PTSD. You know, like, yeah. there's stuff that you won't even acknowledge as PTSD. They're just like, oh, you just couldn't bear it. And I understand mm-hmm. that. Like, I talk to clients about, like, if they're immigrants or their families are immigrants, like, their parents are like, my job is to feed you, house you, and clothe you. Right. And the kids over here are, like, super depressed and having mm-hmm. a lot of issues. And they're like, get over it. Yeah. I yeah. I, I never had that. What's your issue? I gave you a better life for me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. they don't understand that the stuff they went through as a kid was an issue. They've just gotten so used to that. That was the reality. Right. That you have the unfortunate privilege, I say, <laughs> the unfortunate privilege of knowing more. Yeah, right. it, is, it is interesting that with knowledge comes. So you have a lot of people that get diagnosed and end up manifesting a lot mm. of the, the symptoms of the diagnosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so with knowledge, it's a double-edged sword in mm-hmm. that you can cr- begin to create yeah. additional problems for yourself. And But then we have a generation, the pendulum has really swung very far. So we, yeah. we had a generation, you know, our, the greatest generation, the, the 20s, mm-hmm. our grandparents, mm-hmm. who literally created like, America as we know it today. Out in their sleep and like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, it's a Tuesday, you know. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, yeah. and, that, and that's because it was a function of their society, yeah. right? And like you said, it was a privilege yeah. mm-hmm. that we have a privilege of having so much peace in our life, especially living in the United States. I mean, living in other places around the world, there's not been right. the levels of peace that yeah. we've known. But that we're so privileged and we're and, and things are so calm for us here that we are able to look inward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, we're not in survival mode. Right. So we actually have the opportunity right. to like look a little deeper. And how do I function as a human being exactly. versus how do I get food for my kids? Right. Exactly. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. right? If you have your basic needs met, if you're not breathing oxygen, you're not thinking about the depression you're experiencing. Right. Yeah. You don't care. You want yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like I said, that's nice. Suck it up, buttercup. Right. We yeah. have to go I out and plow breathe. the back 40. Yeah. You know and, so, and so we're at a place now where we're really like esteem is a major part of, mm. of our experience mm-hmm. wanting to be esteemed and cared for by others because we have most of our basic needs met right mm-hmm. a lot of people food, have, you know, fed clothed right. yeah, exactly and there education. are a lot of people who don't have those things mm-hmm. and they have different troubles and different yeah. dynamics mm-hmm. that they're working with you can see it all over the united states yeah. alone like don't even don't, don't even worry about the other countries like right. we're, we're yeah. in america I mean, skid row we, yeah skid row right. exactly Every i go all the time and you're looking yeah. at the, the level the the very minimal level of functioning and you're just like my god nobody nobody provided their basic needs so mm-hmm. no they're not worried and you know people say beggars can't be choosers but like any, everybody has needs. That's it. Like, Everyone. people are like, you can't be treated. You can't, you know, pick and choose to have a nice phone or a nice this or a nice that, which amazes me at how many, again, homeless people are not. They still have phones because that's become mm-hmm. an almost basic it's need nece- yeah, in the United necessity. States right. to communicate yeah. and access anything, information, right, yeah. call your social worker, call your this, call you that. Yeah, I will see phone. people don't have a dime to their name, sleeping on the streets, charging their phone. Right. Because, yeah. again, needs change and, 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 mm-hmm. and what we have access to has changed. So people can go, oh, they don't need that. 
Yeah, they do. Uh, how would you feel without your phone? Right. Exactly. They do need that. <laughs> it's like just because they're the they're the situation that they found themselves in mm-hmm. might be very alien for a lot of people because yeah. a lot of people a lot of us haven't been homeless and haven't mm-hmm. lived on the street and haven't had those same things. And but but I think we're really lacking a lot of empathy right now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. you know? And as empaths, I think like for us, we're like, this is a normal day feeling compassion right. for people. Yeah. But it's something oh, no. I watch. But when other people say it's often, you're like, wait, you're what? Like, Do you have what? no feelings? I think, they've had to sh- I think some people have had to shut it down because yeah. again, we have this emotional overload right now yeah. where a hundred years ago, you didn't know what happened outside of your village. Yeah. Right. It, that's yeah. true. Because you, know, you knew global citizens. Yeah, you knew 30 yeah. people and that new. Yeah, that brings new problems. Exactly. We have so much anxiety I have to worry about a kid. Like it's not just feed a hungry child in Africa like that we we know it's not just how children, Africa like right. all the children Everything. in the world all yeah right. you know and and then now dating genocide is dating and, is different yeah. because before you you had 50 people to choose from <laughs> yeah. you've known your entire life like yeah. school church and, yeah. and you were there going you to marry one of those people yeah. right. and you, you know, didn't have a choice if you were you queer you didn't have a choice yeah, yeah. You, you know you, you do exactly nice what you told okay, <laughs> and, and now there's this idea there's like this concept this um where if people have more than three choices, they actually become paralyzed by their decisions. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. They I was actually make... reading up on that the other day. It was like the the pro, like the chaos of choice and yeah. stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Like don't give people too many choices. Which is why okay, that's a whole like little bit Sorry. a little bit of a tangent, but not really. Right. Like the whole like political climate right now, like shoving five thousand oh people into oh a democratic pool. God. It's like you realize you stop. fucked yourselves over, oh, yeah. right? It's like they will literally anyways, that's a yeah. tangent. So we have a <laughs> but, but it's it is like there was something I realized the other day where I was going to meet up with some people and I was excited and I'll, in the middle of the excitement I thought I was having a panic attack and I went oh my god epiphany I can't differentiate between excitement and anxiety oh, right now yeah. and I just had this moment where I was like yeah. I and I had to like go through the list I'm like okay I'm not afraid of anything I'm mm-hmm. feeling the same like emotional like like just excitement I'm feeling the rush but, yeah. I'm feeling my body's like tingly I'm mm-hmm. feeling all that stuff but it's for a positive reason and I don't have any paranoia but the paranoia starts from realizing it going oh my god what if something messes it up it's um what do you call it uh Brene Brown calls it the uh um 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 it's like the anticipation of joy something I can't remember oh, what it is I love her. It basically it's like a killjoy it's basically the moment where she's like she describes yeah. being in the car she's singing with her kids and her husband they're having a great time and all of a sudden the thought comes what if we crash and die right 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 and I was just like, oh, like that intrusive that's thought. me because I'll be like everything's so great what if it's ruined and I'm like mm-hmm. okay can I enjoy the moment because I'm 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 I struggle a lot with mindfulness and yeah. just presence and being present. I, I'm always thinking about what's going to happen and always remembering the memory. So I'll live yeah. what happened after it happens. I'll be yeah. like, that was great. Yes. And yeah. in the moment, I'm like, I wonder if this will be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's about trying to make mm-hmm. that transition and try to, how do you tether yourself to the current moment? Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm you know? trying and to figure that that's shit That's that out. beautiful mindfulness moment, that breathing, mm-hmm. doing yeah. something very current. Yeah. That you can only do in this moment, you know, like thinking the thought, thinking, like I know I'm yeah. thinking right now, so yeah. I'm thinking, right. thinking, yeah. thinking, talking, mm-hmm. or you know, looking at the m- most minute details in somebody's outfit or their face, or yeah. trying to memorize, you know, what they look like. What is going know, outside, the looking colors. at nature, yes. like being like, okay, so feel the, things. I feel the wind right now, I feel the sun, yeah, right. I feel like for me, nature is a really big deal, and I and I and I definitely punish myself for no good reason i just don't engage as much as i should in nature you have some beautiful and i have here. i do it's <laughs> beautiful nature, it's beautiful in california there is and and i think i feel like kind of panic like there's not enough and i have a park like down the street for me so that's my own damn problem again i am the problem <laughs> in this it's, a part, it's a part of like cause awareness because earlier we talked about the preventative nature so there's a number of different ways to treat anxiety and one is through prevention yeah and that's by getting the sleep that you need eating the food that yeah. you need to be eating Surrounding yourself with who we need to be surrounded with and doing the things that you know you love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, 
filling your life with things that are meaningful for you so you can have as much balance as possible so when the shit comes <laughs> you have yeah. a, like a reserve <laughs> right. of you're like I won't stuff. turn the fan on so when the shit hits it won't fly there we go prevention right. yeah <laughs> but and, and I think yeah so what are things you guys do so you said you meditate right that's yeah. prevention that's and, and prevention that's something things. it's prevention and it actually I can get rid of a panic attack very quickly okay so I can be like I was on the flight there was turbulence. I was freaking out. I was like, this is the end. And then I was like, hmm. nope, Allison, it's not. Yeah. I took mm-hmm. I took five deep breaths and it was over. Okay. Then it came back again 10 minutes later. Oh my God, this is the end. Nope, it's not. I took five deep breaths and it was mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and, and, and what I focused on on the plane, for me, I said, I need to focus on the moments of stillness. Mm-hmm. Make the mm-hmm. moments of stillness on this flight the most beautiful moment you've ever experienced in your mm-hmm. entire life. Absorb them, fully soak them in. Don't distract with the television show. Don't yeah. distract with the book. I sat on that plane and I fully experienced every mm. bump, every jostle, and I in every still moment, I let it wash over my entire body. Like I felt like every cell in my body was becoming more calm with every mm. moment yeah. of stillness. And so that's how I choose because life is turbulence. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's about focusing on the still moments so you can get through the tough ones yeah. because you know there's another moment of stillness right. coming yeah. after. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I was that's like, beautiful. that's what I did. I was like, that's this is where I'm at. I can't not be in this place. <laughs> right. This is what we're doing right <laughs> now. <laughs> leave, but it's yeah. not going to go well for you. It's not going to go well. <laughs> or anyone you're like, you're like, I leave, but I have a fear of parachutes oh, okay. and a fear of jumping out of planes. So, <laughs> so which one's going to win today? So sitting quietly on a safe flight <laughs> and allowing everyone to sleep is the way I'm going. That's <laughs> You're doing the Doctor Strange. I'm going through 14 million different. Right, exactly. like, which which no. one is going to turn out the best? The one? All right, no, we're doing cool. that. All we're right. doing that. No, yeah. I wish I had a little spiral. The little spiral right? thing he does. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be down for that, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Bomb. No, yeah, it, it, it is about making sure you take the time to get to know yourself, what's happening, and then yeah. how you deal with it yeah. well, the best way. It's yeah. like when I'm depressed, I know that my best option, if I don't really have anybody to be with me and fill in the void of like the loneliness or anything like that, is that wrap myself in a freaking blanket and watch a cartoon like that is my yeah. go-to that is my rick and morty go-to no like 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 winnie the pooh oh <laughs> like freaking like, like childhood kids. nostalgia like yeah. arthur Type like the pig na- like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i will literally look for like ages three to five cartoons <laughs> yeah, so and they're so calming I mean, because yeah. there's not a lot of plot there's not a lot of right. scene changes is bright colors yeah. and it's distracting from the thoughts yeah. that are reoccurring mm-hmm. but there's like not too much to follow along with mm-hmm. and it helps me so freaking much Arthur, and I'm just yo. like yeah Arthur, Arthur. Arthur. I'm like DW where are you at where's my, where's my, where's my passive aggressive three year old best friend <laughs> <laughs> because yeah no but and this is important conversation to have like something um when I have a panic attack like in the future if I ever have a partner, I have to let them know I have panic attacks and I have anxiety and here's what I need you to do when I'm having them. Because sometimes somebody can try to help and it's not the best thing. But I think anybody, like if you have any significant issues that you feel like you know you need support in, it's good to reach out to people who are supportive and your friends, family, people in your inner circle um, that are able to go, yeah, I can be there for you. And here's one of the things. Sometimes when I'm having a panic attack, I just need water. Okay, I'll, I know to get you water then. Or something simple like that. Because if people just go, I don't I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know what to do. Like, so just as lost as you are, oh, yeah, they so can be worse. really lost. But if you know, now you have to help them know how to help you and when you can't help and yourself. And now you can't be anxious and you can't be yourself. Which you gives you more anxiety. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, yeah. so for me, I did kind of like just circumvent that by figuring out how to deal with it yeah. on my own yeah. Yeah. and I definitely try to be as open with people as possible but I have to also realize a DBT term um, 
concept basically is you can't get you can't get a blood from a rock. There's some yeah. people who cannot help you. You yeah. have to know who to help, who to get help from. And I think that's why I think that one of the things that you did is so excellent. You knew what group of people to reach out to. Right. Your social work gang. Mm-hmm. They knew like they knew what it do. would be, and they wouldn't be right. like, "I don't know what you're talking know, about." Right. Like they're like, you'll "Okay, get from the wrong, you'll you'll reach out to the wrong person." Can't and all milk a bowl. Worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like for me, I realized that, and it was something actually. I would reach out to my family, and they would make it worse because they would just like freeze and they just go, "Oh." Yeah. oh. Okay, and, and I'd be like, dang, stupid. like you don't even care about me having, yeah. like I could have died on the way here, right. and you were like, oh. And then you notice yourself becoming insanely like like dramatic, yeah, oh, and you're blowing yeah. out of proportion yeah. to try to get a yeah. response out of this person, yeah. and it's yeah. like, oh no way, no, I didn't show all the way. Yeah. Around. So then finally, over time, I just was like, I'm just letting you know, I'm not expecting anything from you. Yeah. This is what just happened, and it like over time, I practiced with that, and basically it was like conditioning them just mm-hmm. to be like. Okay, well, I'm here. That's all I needed to know because it helped eliminate that sense of aloneness. Yeah. If I'm here, and then they would check in on me every now and then, and that was like a huge factor to know that like my family could do that for me rather than just being like, okay, if nobody can come right. and be to my to my rescue right now or whatever, because I'm a very fiercely independent person that like does not <laughs> like asking for help. But I need I practice by asking for help yeah. and that helps me yeah. overcome the anxiety like in and of itself in that moment and i'll get really angry if nobody responds like you were saying like <laughs> why is nobody responding like what the fuck ah! and then i just go okay you realize people have a life but i went out of my way to practice reaching <laughs> out when i never reach out and you have the audacity yeah. to <laughs> ignore me how dare you how dare you and then yeah. like but they don't know i'm exactly. just like hey <laughs> and one of the key features of learning how to effectively communicate is realizing that other people will not effectively communicate with you that, yeah. Mm. Just because you're effective and you have all the skills in the world, it's not that everyone else will magically manifest no. them. You know, and, and so you have nope. to just, you know, learn, like, you reach out to the people you can reach out to and they respond when they can respond. Yeah. You know, have, I mean, my friends have kids now, you know, yeah. multiple kids, they have mm-hmm. multiple jobs, they have all these responsibilities. People are living their lives and, and you're not lives. the center of it. They, I am not yeah. the center of your life and yeah. I don't... And you should be. I should be, <laughs> but... Absolutely. Everyone listening, I should be the center of all of your lives. You, know? you can find her on Instagram. You can find her on Instagram. <laughs> Just go stop, 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 stop. But yeah, it's real. It's yeah. real. It's like, we all deal with it differently. And yeah. I think one of my also, one of my realizations now, um, I've been reading this book called The Body Keeps Score. Mm. Oh, oh I've heard that. of this. Oh, it's amazing. Doctor, don't ask me the name of the Okay, never mind. Do not ask me the name of the person who wrote that But book. it's about trauma, right? It's about trauma yeah. okay. and how, so I obviously. Really it's on my book list. Yeah, it's it's fabulous. A lot of us have done a lot of talk therapy to deal with trauma, and we've really processed it, but then we wonder why we still have panic attacks. Yeah, we wonder why yeah. We still, because trauma exists on a cellular level in mm-hmm. your body. Yeah, so a lot of us have gone through a lot of talk therapy, and we wonder why we're still having panic attacks afterwards, and like why this hasn't gone mm-hmm. away. Is something wrong with us? Is something wrong with our relationship with God or the universe or whatever? Motorcycles are coming <laughs> up. We got, but but then it comes down to the fact that trauma lives in us on a cellular level, and so mm-hmm. now there's a lot of somatic therapies that people have been going through, and I actually yes, did one. I, I did totally. EMDR. I have been I wanting to do it. that forever. Oh, no, no. I Literally have, years I've been wanting to look for, and it. I keep asking people like, Send me a referral. And I, I have one for you. Give me. Okay, perfect. I, I did EMDR, and normally it takes a number of different sessions um, to kind of get through it. So EMDR is eye movement, desensitization, and restructuring. Some people have compared it to, like, non-hypnotic hypnosis. Yes, it is It is hypnosis, oh, okay. It is, it, but you are not necessarily under, under entirely. Yeah. You're Again, calm. yoga, Pilates. Yeah, right. Pilates of yeah. hypnosis. <laughs> yeah, for anybody concerned about, like, hypnosis, because I understand. Like, I personally am yeah. not somebody who would like to do hypnosis, but I would like to do EMDR. 
e- EMDR yeah. because of right. how well, effective it is. Because we begin to realize that it's all the same thing. Prayer, meditation. Mm-hmm. It's focusing on an energy it's, that is other than, beta you know. brain. You're looking yeah. at the same brain waves. It's the same thing. So whatever you want to call it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it, it helps to restructure some of the thoughts that you have. Normally, you have to go through multiple um, sessions, like between six and eight. I did one session, and a trauma that I had had since I was a ten-year-old kid was—it was. I mean, obviously, it wasn't gone, mm-hmm. but it, was it does not. It does. I do not respond to it the way that I used to. Fascinating. After mm-hmm. after one session, and so basically, you and I've heard that yeah. multiple. Like I have another friend. She was even in just. Um, we were in grad school together, and so they had a session on clinical practice and EMDR, and she said that. Um, the, the professor was like, okay, somebody give me a light trauma that's not like super like, don't give <laughs> me your deepest, not. darkest no, thing for, for practice, but trauma. let me, let's okay. show. Well, she had a dog that died, right? Okay. So she goes okay. up and she's like, okay, I lost my, every time I think about it, I cry. So mm-hmm. the, the, the professor brought her up and, you know, did engage with her in EMDR. And then like after that, you bring it, like if you brought it up to her and I'd seen her, we would talk about the dog, she'd cry. Talk about the dog, she'd cry. Mm-hmm. After that, she never she cried cried. about the dog again. She was like, it's sad, but I don't... Exactly. It doesn't change your memory of it. I'm not having a heartbreak each time. Exactly. It doesn't change your memory of it, but it allows you the healthy distance. Because your body doesn't want to forget every bad thing that's happened to you. You don't want to forget that you've lost. You want to remember them, but you don't want to remember them in a way that you become violently ill. Yeah. And and you're crying. You're not self-regulating while your emotions get out of whack. Exactly. The functioning goes away. Exactly. You know, and so... For me, it worked very, very, very well. But I've also worked on this for a long time. Yeah. Definitely yeah. every fiber of me wanted it to be gone. I, you know, I had gone to countless amounts of therapy. And when I tell you EMDR worked, I, mm. I, I, I cannot say anything more positive about it. Okay, I'm going to get that referral from you. Yeah, it's fabulous because that's trauma lives in yeah. our cells. And like, that's a huge thing yeah. I want to like recommend again to everybody that's listening. Look out multiple avenues. Mm-hmm. If one thing doesn't work, don't give up. Yeah. Oh, talk therapy didn't work. Talk therapy didn't work. I hated my therapist. There are more than there's more than one there's therapist so in the world. I have literally hated. No, stupid. You don't seriously. know what you're talking about. I had one that was asking yeah. me like really weird sexual questions, and I was like, yeah. "You're gone." No, bye. Like, bye. And then another one that was like, she was just like, "No offense to her, but no." Yeah. <laughs> and then and like I was like, "I'm a therapist too," and I always open mm-hmm. with that because I want them to know. I'm there. I'm like judging everything you do. No right. offense. It's just automatic right. now. I know what you're doing. So there's only so many and things I that's effective. Like it. And it's, <laughs> I don't like it. But I'm like, I'm, I'm analyzing you while you're analyzing yeah. me. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's just, I think that's how I exist now. Yeah. Right. So, but, but, I, you know, I finally, and then you find somebody that you're just like, oh my God, you get it. Mm-hmm. We vibe. Right. This is beautiful. It's like dating. It's exactly. Like dating. You just yeah. find someone that you get along with, and, and you stick with them. It's a professional friend. As long as you can, <laughs> it really is. You know, and I've I've had a lot of different therapists. Some really excellent ones. I had one Jungian therapist, and we, it was all based on dream interpretation, and that wasn't my steez. Like, I thought it was really interesting, but it really, I wasn't, I, <laughs> like, um, what am I getting I hear you, this? but no. Yeah, it was, it just wasn't okay. my, I think that it's yeah. awesome, I think that it's very intriguing, yeah. but it wasn't for me. I had another one that was very psychoanalytic and would never mm. look me in the eye, yeah. and, um, you know, and, and he always had a binder in front of us, between, oh. I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, I yeah. need an interpersonal relationship yeah, where somebody's right. like, I'm listening, but the I'm also engaging. The one that I didn't like, she was teaching me about how the brain works. And like all the, you know, yeah, the, she's the being a psych class. PTSD, yes. Yeah. And literally, one week she did it, the next week she did the same thing again. Mm. And I'm okay. like, you're <laughs> like deja vu. Okay, and, now you're making me feel crazy. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't. I, I yeah, don't say that's things, the hardest so part. So I just about, let it fucking happen. Yeah. But like, but I'm like, wait, she didn't even take a note. Like, we did this already. 
Oh, right. Was she young? Yeah. No, she was like oh. at least 50s. Okay. I'm like, what? Really? Okay, bye. <laughs> that wasn't but, you your know, thing. That wasn't your thing. And you. that's the thing. Like, that yeah. works for somebody. Right. And so, like, I had a guy who was raised in the same religion I was. And at the time, I needed somebody who understood all the religious trauma I had mm-hmm. gone through. So I was like, this works. Because right before him, I had somebody also. But she was like, hot little mess. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, like she, ha- she, like, she was, like, still in the religion yeah. and, like, very prominent yeah. figure. And I found, like, all this stuff about her through somebody else because I had mentioned her name and they knew who she was and I was like oh no this is too close for comfort I know too much now I know too much now and then the other person like he'd grown up in it but like he understood what it was like to grow up in it but didn't really consider himself to still be in it Mm -hmm. and I was like I needed you right now and then after that I had somebody who was a queer brown woman and it was the first woman I'd ever had as a therapist and I was like I need a female perspective right Mm now so this is what I need before I was I was like I need the linear logic of a male right now (laughs) my experience with female therapists before had been like I don't think like that I don't and I couldn't resonate with yeah. like they were like circular and the storytelling and all that stuff and I was like mm-hmm. but I need to engage with my that part of me yeah so that's and I was like okay let me try that and just having her like we didn't even work through too much it was mostly like because I'm a therapist and because I'm like a practicing therapist like we were just engaging about like stuff going on you know yeah but just having her exist was a huge yeah therapeutic thing for me 70% of the change that we see in therapy is all based on a positive relationship with our therapist the therapeutic relationship oh my god this wasn't even a licensed therapist I just had a counselor who Mm -hmm. I went to like for free when I was about to flunk out of school Mm -hmm. and literally we just had the best relationship got along so well I was doing better I could function in school again everything was great and then because she was a Christian Oh, well, do you think you're attracted to women because of the love you're seeking from your mother? And from that and second, it was that like, changes and everything. I no. can't function around Epic you anymore. Epic grimace. Next. But like, you know, until then. And it hurts. It hurts oh, yeah. because it's almost like a little betrayal. Like, I've broken up with therapists and it's a real breakup. Oh, yeah. Like, if you oh, yeah. really had a connection with you, you're just like, I don't want to let you right, go. Exactly. But I got to like, let you go. She sent me like birthday card because I mean again it wasn't like as much of a professional distance thing Yeah, but she was like really sweet she was was engaged and then I was like okay I can't and something, something they drill into a, a like like going through school and all that stuff you know and as as you work and supervisors are always telling you you know you're the most important intervention you bring you're the most important <laughs> intervention because who you are is what you bring to the table blah 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 blah, blah. and I'm like and it took me a while to really get what that meant yeah, because me that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that social workers for that went um <laughs> but because we're very interpersonally based yeah. like it's very much like what are your practical needs like yes I can tell you how to function yeah. in your schizophrenia but if you're homeless like yeah let's put a roof over your head let's put food on your table and then we'll engage we go through Maslow's hierarchy and that's the thing that actually matters you know and Mm -hmm. I feel like definitely from my perspective it was a lot a lot of it was about your orientation and making sure Mm -hmm. you're conceptualizing your client through the perspective through the lens with which you had chosen as your orientation, mm. right? I started off as a gestalt psychologist, uh. gestalt therapist, which is a therapy based on the phenomenological space and the uniqueness of the interaction that you have, and it's based on challenging and humor. And so I'd be really aggressive, so I could I could be very <laughs> aggressive and make fun of you, kind of make fun of your clients a little bit, like you kind of laugh yes. with them. It's funny, it's great. Yes. And then I slid, then I slid into CBT, and so then everything I could marry CBT. CBT. For, everything was about CBT everything for the longest. I was like, I'm a Mary CBT. It's amazing. <laughs> and then I was like in a 
personal for a while. Then I went DBT. Then oh, I came yeah. Back, and then I really settled into positive psychology. Yeah. Because I was Strength like... Strength space, solution yeah, focus, I all of that. I am so positive psychology yeah. now, but I love the idea of just you are bringing yourself. You're li- like, when I say yeah. you're a professional friend, I literally mean mm-hmm. the relationship I have built with my clients is based on me and them. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just me introducing through myself the stuff I just know uh, because it's literally what I do with my friends in real life and I was like because again if you go back to if the root of an issue is a lack of connection somebody feels if they feel alone if they feel empty and they feel void then what you're doing is filling that void by being a good support to them and right. being present and non-judgmental yeah. giving reminding them that they are a worthy valued human being mm-hmm. that there's goodness to them that and that you see it and and few and i've had kids go like but you're paid to tell me that and i was like yeah but i don't have to be here but here's the thing you don't pay i don't get paid enough i don't so get paid enough. Enough. i'm like listen i don't i, would, I don't uh, i should be getting paid as much as i get paid per client thank you not per year <laughs> thank you and that's okay I'm, I'm like i don't get paid enough stop that no yeah, shut no, that down no if i was just here for the money i'm done <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just here for the money. Like, like, you don't want me because I'm stupid. Yeah. Okay, shut so that do down. not want somebody this stupid, as stupid as me if I'm here for the money. Yeah, shut that down. I'm here no. for you. No, I'm only like, here for you. I work how many hours and see how many people oh just to spend a little bit of time with you every week because Stop. I want you to be yeah. okay. Exactly. I said I would do this if it was if it was free, and then I'd find another job that paid me a lot right. of money. <laughs> exactly. But I I genuinely care, and I'm finding the most effective way to bring myself and channel who I am. It's the same thing as a musician. You realize. Or not you realize, but you appreciate music when it's about the musician. You when the when the musician is putting themselves into the song, their story, their emotion. Or you you know, as an actress, right? If you're going, you know, you look at people always talk about people like like uh what's his name? Uh Heath Ledger or yeah. what's his name, Jared Leto, or yeah. the people who like go all deep, like mm-hmm. next level into they their like character. Method act, method right, act yeah. and like people, they'll get raving reviews and they get all these like, well, people recognize them because of how like, how hardcore they went into it because they put themselves into, into it. it yeah. And that's kind of the point. If I can't put myself into, like you don't want a fake friend. Right. You don't want somebody who's, I, I've yeah. seen professional, I remember being in school. <laughs> And looking around the room and being like, you're a social worker, you're a social worker, you're a social worker in class and being like, the rest of y'all, I don't know why you're here. Mm. Because I don't know what you want to get out of this. Like, you, like you're not, you don't care about the person. And I, and I would see that and I'd be like, I'm scared for these people in this room mm-hmm. going out there and trying to take care of somebody's heart. Mm-hmm. That's like, and people go, well, you know... <laughs> I've heard this saying people and they do this with pilots and with doctors would you want the A plus doctor or the C plus doctor operating on you and somebody goes well they're both doctors yeah but one was an A plus and one was a C plus like yeah. there's a mm-hmm. difference there is a difference and you want the person who really cares or the person who's there for the money even if it's exactly. not a lot and I think <laughs> I think also to an extent they call they call the humanities and they call you know behavioral health a soft science mm-hmm. and you know I used to bristle at that and like get really angry about it mm-hmm. but I realized that we are an art. Oh, yeah. It's an art. And that's why I think not everybody that goes through the programs can do it necessarily because you have to have this. I think there's level a level of creativity. There's a huge Next amount of creativity level. you have to have in order to be in the room with somebody that's mm-hmm. throwing broken. chairs yeah. and screaming at you. It feels broken. And that genuinely feels broken. And how do you just connect? Like, mm-hmm. I have one client um, 
uh, in a, I was working in a residential facility with uh, young girls and boys that had been sex trafficked. These mm. were 12 year olds, 13 year olds, 14 year olds. Fully locked facility. Um, I've seen, I, I have a torn rotator cuff from an assault in this facility oh, right wow. now. Lots of assaults, very high acuity. These yeah. are some of the most severe clients in the state of California, Texas, New Mexico, like the whole Western region. Wow. And one of my one of our clients, she was attempting Props suicide. To you. I loved it. I loved yeah. every minute of it. Residential is the best. Like it, yeah. it is the last. It takes a special kind of person to do residential. It's the it's last the clinical position I held. So that, okay, that, that, okay. That, <laughs> you're like that. Loved it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> I did. I held. I held one for like three months after that, and I I, I was like, I'm yeah. done. Uh, oh but man. I had this client. We were in the quiet room because she was attempting suicide, okay. and so we were kind of trying to calm her down. And I'm not someone who's scared of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll get right up in their face mm-hmm. and be right there with them. Mm-hmm. And there's cameras everywhere. And so we're sitting in the quiet room and she's um, trying to harm herself. There's not much to harm herself with in the room, but she's trying. And it got to a point, she was so frantic, this was like a 13 year old girl, that I actually, I just, I, I hugged her. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I just hugged her. Thank I you. I sat with her, I sat with Thank her. I literally you. put her, like literally laid, We she laid down, I yeah. sat down, the camera was there, so I was like, so y'all see what's happening. Right. And I literally sang her a song. Mm-hmm. I stroked her arm because I realized that for 14 years of this girl's life, she probably hadn't been touched by another person that wasn't Without pimp, being sexual. That right. wasn't right. someone that was hurting her because she was in the system. And when you're in the system, people are scared years. to touch you. Right. They're scared because That's what they don't I want hate you to touch them. It's going to be, be accused. accused. Yes. Yeah, they don't want to be accused. And so <sighs> I wanted to show her that you can get Positive a hug from touch. somebody mm-hmm. that doesn't want anything from you. Except for right. you to be okay. Except for you to feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that was, I think, a big transition moment for me as well. And obviously, you know, I talked to all my supervisors about it. It wasn't like, a, you know, it was a big yeah. thing. Yeah. But um, it, and it wasn't an issue, and I, I actually was worried that it would be an issue. Absolutely, and that's right. the thing I, I was hate worried about it would be, but clinical it world where yeah, it's it like, don't but... touch the client because it could be an issue. And I'm like, do you realize that's what they, they need, need, right? Like friends hug. don't not yeah. touch each other right. unless there's yeah. a mutual like agreement, a, like, a, like something small, you know, a yeah. high five, whatever. Yeah. And, and you so, shake the well, hand of a stranger. I, mean, I feel alone. much better. I don't want my friend talking to me, giving me advice. I'm like, shut up. Hold me. Let's cuddle. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, I don't there's a whole branch that's actually evolving right now of cuddle me. therapy that I'm fascinated yes. by. <laughs> that it weirds me out a little and I'm yeah. completely honest about thing. it. It's not, not my thing. thing. But, Maybe I need it but, because it's not my thing. Yeah. But there's there's a, there's an underlying um, awareness that it brings to me mm-hmm. because it tells me we don't know how to touch each other. Mm-hmm. Why do you think there is something like a Me Too movement? Why do you think there because people don't know how to respectfully touch each they other? They don't know how to get their needs met in a way that respects. Yes, yes. I remember um, somebody said this about um, in a, in a Christian setting. They were say, they said the statement, "Sin is getting a need met in an illegitimate way." And I took it into a mental health, and I was just like, "Yeah, behavior is an expression of a need." So when you behave in a way that hurts you, you need something, mm-hmm. even if you're trying to get it in an illegitimate exactly. way. You're trying to get connection, so you get high. And in a way that's hurting your body at the same right. time. I'm talking about just like, you yeah. know, smoking some weed and being like, oh, we're yeah. floating. Well, I'm talking about like snorting something, yeah. sm- puffing people stuff that, need that a hurt People that are going you. to hook up with people. You exactly. Know I mean? like, because, that's why hookup culture is so huge. Exactly, because it's hard to ask for something you've never gotten. Like a, in a healthy way. And you don't even way. know who to ask. Right. Exactly. So this random stranger, Power, yeah. but which feeds into actually emptying you out more. It right? does. Exactly. Because you're it like, oh, nobody the, wants me the way the I dynamic. want to be wanted. Exactly. Oh, God, and they only want cycle. me for one thing. They don't want me for who I really am. You Absolutely. Know? And it feeds into it. And so that's one of the reasons I like positive psychology so much because it was really, it was focusing on helping people regrow uh-huh. that part of them. Yeah. So as opposed to focusing on like like thought journals about all the negative things that happened, I would yeah. have people do thought journals on all the great things that happened. Yes. Because how, because do, how do you replace the negative thing? Like, but right. you have to give it a positive right? mm-hmm. So example. I got to a point where I didn't even work with people's pathology. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I You're just like, so I didn't stop yeah. kids from cutting. 
I didn't. Mm, I didn't yeah. stop. I didn't. I didn't stop anything. I just developed something better. Yes. I was yes. like, let's find something yeah. that works. I mean, like what works. Like, I'm so there for it's that. It's like I personally I hate being that. told no. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me no, I'm gonna want to do it more. Yeah, it's like I'm taking yeah. this. I'm taking that. You don't right. have to have this. Exactly. And Especially like, since it, it needs a need. Like I have a kid. I'm like, why are you, are you yeah. doing it for attention, it, pain, it or what's like what's it doing? Okay, well can we again can we replace it with something that is gonna meet that need. Exactly. That won't hurt you. But also while you're while that's happening, like I get it, I get you're hurting so whenever whenever I have people that freak out like hardcore freak out about cutting i'm like okay yeah i'm like it Why? depends it really depends like you right. wa- i i binge wa- when i'm in my worst place i probably binge watch t- like mm-hmm. superhero shows and i love superhero movies but yeah. i will watch them for like hours on end and i'll stay in my room and i'll isolate and i'll disappear that's not any better it's not it's self-harm it's self-harm it's, it's, yeah. mental self emotional self-harm isolating is can be self-harming because nobody's right. gonna help you support the loneliness it yeah. extends mm-hmm. the issues so right. just because it's superficial or skin deep It'll heal, but the emotional thing is not going exactly. away. And cutting yeah. and self-harm is so scary for people. Because they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what right. to do. They and I think that they always take it to You're suicide. You're always going to kill yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And no. some people have... have they a, do. Some people that cut... They escalate. Do, you know, escalate to self-harm, you know, to um actually attempting suicide. So don't, don't take it as, like, not an issue. Yeah. But there's Clearly, people that have never self-harmed yeah. a day in their life, or, that like, will, specifically cutting, at least, that will kill themselves. Exactly. And so, and so one does not mean that they're going to do the other. They're cancel themselves out. Exactly. But I think, you know, it is so important. Like, and a lot of the things I would do is I would really try to make these kids feel valuable. Absolutely. Like, what do you like to do? Like, I, I stopped doing I this see whole, you. I see yeah. you. Like, I had kids that wouldn't want to come do, and do any therapy with me. They would not want to talk to me. Mm. So I would just be like, you know what? Let's just do each other's okay. nails. Yeah. my nails? Yes. Yeah. Girl, another high five. Literally, I will we do. Have, <laughs> it's amazing to me. Because if you think about interventions, right? Yeah. If you think about, like, how people actually treat a lot of therapy a lot of therapy is stuff like music therapy mm-hmm. art therapy play therapy and right. i'm like so we're literally teaching people how to be children again yep. right and yeah, i yeah. think about it and i'm like oh my god that's how dysfunctional people are right. that we don't we've lost our innocence our like good heartedness of just seeing the world as beautiful yeah. a kid's imagination a kid mm-hmm. playing being free spirited like if we say an adult's imaginative or they like to dress up or this like you're weird but yeah but you get one day a year to do it halloween whatever yeah, right. but a kid doing it like oh my god you're so cute you're wearing your underwear on top of your head <laughs> and you have an elsa outfit underneath like your whatever chewbacca outfit and it's like so cute and we're good yeah. with that yeah and then we like we lose that beauty right. of just pure joy and love and, and expressiveness and dancing and not caring. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking part of it, as we get older, so we, all of our traumas, most of our traumas were created in the in the child phase. Right. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, especially these really biological, ingrained body mm-hmm. remembers, because mm-hmm. if you weren't verbal, how do you, you process yeah. something verbally? You yeah. process yeah. your trauma physically because you Newborn all you children have. can physically remember had. something Absolutely. in their 20s like i remember Absolutely. this one client in her 20s she was having nightmares about something that she's like i've never experienced that i don't understand mm-hmm. and it was a domestic violence situation her like mom or dad exactly. shot the other parent and she was a newborn like an infant in a it. crib exactly and when she body. thought she was having nightmares it was memories yes Jeez. and that's what we don't think about right yeah and that's yeah. why therapies that align us with the skills that we were developing then, right? Because the way kids learn is through metaphor. Mm-hmm. So they learn through play. Mm-hmm. They learn, they're playing We need to on know the, how to play as adults. Right, because mm-hmm. that's how we learn. We, we're still, yeah. we're just older we're kids. Just, we're, right. I'm taller, barely, and taller, <laughs> <Right>. and <laughs> thicker, and have more issues. That's right. It. I still eat mac and cheese because, like I'm 12, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So. Because they're the same <laughs> issues. They're the same issues. <laughs> 
We just learned a little more how to they've do. They've just gotten more ingrained and more complex, yeah. Yeah. but they're the same issues, mm-hmm. right? And that's why like things like play therapy work. That's why things like you know like like art therapy. That's why it works because you're tapping yes. into a different part of you. Yes. Because I love art the therapy. older you get, it's amazing. Because the older you get, the better you get at defending yourself against things at work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I literally, yeah. I remember before I even knew all this, before I understood all this, I remember when I um, I lived alone, and I remember one day I was just. I couldn't understand what was going on with me. I was like, there's, like, now I'm like, oh, you're depressed and you're going through breakup and you're having right. all this PTSD from the stalker <laughs> chick and like all this stuff, right? But at the time, I remember one day a friend came over and out of the goodness of her heart, she just sat with me. We didn't talk about anything. Like she just literally was just like, like nothing heavy. Mm-hmm. She was just, I had some coloring books. I was feeling really down and I went and got myself some coloring books. It was like Cars, right? Like, uh, like the movie Cars yeah. and another one of like Disney princesses because... You know, girls like cars and boys like princesses. So yeah. I had one of each because I was like, when I'm in a mood, I can choose. Yeah. Um, and I got them and I was just coloring. We just colored and we sat there and we colored. And it was just so calming because how many of us go, I just wish I were little again. I just mm-hmm. wish I were a kid. I wouldn't have all these issues. Oh and that takes you back to a state of like the calmness maybe you hopefully had when you were younger. Yeah. The you're. The problems are problems, but the chaos isn't like immediate. You're just like I'm just coloring. And also, you're being We're mindful. We're coloring right now. Yeah, you're in yeah. the. Mo- that's the most. You can mindful only I color can. right now. You yeah. can't color yeah. tomorrow. You can't no. have colored. You right. are coloring right coloring. now, and it yeah. is it's helping you realize that even though you're anxious in that present moment, nothing bad. Nothing is actually bad happening is happening to you. Right. And that's like right now in this mm-hmm. moment, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I have yeah. to. Every, every, that's actually when okay. I'm able to tell myself that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. There's somebody that cares about me. There's there's other people that are here. Even if I'm alone, I'm okay right, right now. Because alone doesn't have to mean lonely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And that's the thing, like, my, my best self does not feel lonely. I know I'm so supported. Mm-hmm. I've worked so hard to have the multitude, the, 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 the sea of people that support me and the, the strength of who they are. I think about them all the time. I'm like, I have these people. They have my back. But when I'm at my weakest, when I'm at my most vulnerable, is when I feel my loneliest because it's like I forget all of a sudden like I have these people. Mm-hmm. It's I forget that I'm strong. I forget my confidence goes out the window. Something that's as simple as like I want to wear this hat because I think like I look good, and I'll be like that all the time. I'm yeah. like I think I look good, and all of a sudden I'll be like I can't wear this hat. I'll look stupid, and I'm mm-hmm. like where did that come from? Right. Every other day this year I was fine with that hat, <laughs> but now today right. all of a sudden my anxiety yeah. is like you look dumb, yeah. you're basic. <laughs> like I'm like yeah. I didn't think I was basic yesterday. And it's so amazing because I'll I'll see myself thinking this, mm-hmm. and and I'll do a little of that dissociating. Like I'll be like a researcher on the side of myself, looking at me like, all right, well let's take note of that. Like you're mm-hmm. you're you're exhibiting some symptomology, <laughs> blah 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 blah. And according to my calculation, yeah. like I'll be analyzing myself, and then my 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 conscious self will be going. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And, and then I try to merge the two to be like, you'll be okay. And that's how I keep functioning. Yeah. That's how I push through. But then I go home and like, like hold myself up. And I'm like, I'm scared of the world. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, I, and it's hard to, to balance that out. It is. So, you know, after talk, so to kind of tie all that, put a bow on it, we, everybody needs to find kind of like what helps them function through the chaos, through the noise, because it will be there, right? It's kind of like, Find a good route to go because there will be LA traffic. Okay, like find the best route from point A to point B because you will have to be in traffic one way or another. It's either on the 210 or the 110 or the 101 or on the 5 or on the. I've learned to love it. Yeah. Yeah. Find ways to to entertain yourself. Mm -hmm. And and like me and my husband talk a lot about physics and art and. Mm -hmm. and one of the quotes that we always tell, we always talk about, is learning to love the noise. Mm. Like for example, I have tinnitus. Okay. Oh yeah. Pretty bad tinnitus. Yeah. And it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get better. It's probably mm-hmm. going to get worse. 
and I've learned to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, I treat it as the sound of silence. You're like, that's the key of G. Yep. That's what silence, that's <laughs> what silence sounds like for me, you know? Harmonize you harmonize with it. You learn. Yeah. You learn yeah. to live with it because there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. There's nothing right. you can do about you about can... it happening. So you can do something about how you how you react, how you react to it, how you feel about it. And it's about learning. Like with traffic, I literally will put the window down, and I will put. I'm a little flexible. I will put one foot outside. The window. <laughs> <laughs> I can still actively lean. Right. Yeah. Right. I do a lot yeah. of yoga. But and so I will be in the car, like windows yeah. down, like me and the yeah. people in the yeah. cars next to me. We're all having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have conversations with people in the cars because I'm like, we ain't going anywhere. We ain't going nowhere. There's Enjoy it. Have hey, fun. new best yeah. friend. I like your Prius. <laughs> it's so cute. Where are you going? You know, like that's what I do in the car because I know mm-hmm. it's inevitable and there's mm-hmm. nothing to do about it. And that's mm-hmm. how I feel yeah. with anxiety too. I yeah. understand that shit's going to come up. Shit's going to come up. There's mm-hmm. nothing I can do about yeah. it. I have all my parents and one day my parents will not be here. Yeah. Yeah. There's and yeah, it is what that. it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and I have to figure out how I'm going to deal with that. How am I yeah. going to love them every single moment I, while I have them, even when I'm pissed? Mm-hmm. How do I still love the Absolutely. mess out of them? Absolutely. Right. Oh, I resonate with that a lot. Right. Absolutely. Like, and because it's it's about dealing with the you know with the reality. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking a lot about why. I think that's one of the most anxious questions I get from people. Yeah. Why is this happening to me? Why me? Why is this now? Why the, you know? And why and, not? And right. <laughs> Buddha said it very well. He was saying. You're asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You will never yeah. know yes. why. Yeah. You'll never know why. You may never know, but you. Will, but it's about what. What. Mm-hmm. What am I doing in yeah. the why? What are we doing now? Yeah. Right. And so I. And so that's kind of the way I end up directing people. Is it's like, it's here. Mm-hmm. Spend the rest of your life enjoying asking. Because the first question yeah. I asked, like, pop out of the womb. I was like, what? Um, but I. I. I definitely. Cause that that brings me a lot of anxiety. I'm always like trying to I'm trying to understand mm-hmm. everything. My bre- my friend says like you don't do anything unless you have a blueprint, and I'm like, mm. stop knowing me already, okay? Like I need you. To, I feel <laughs> personally. I feel I'll dare you. Too I feel personally attacked right now. I'm gonna need you to back down. Like calm the fuck down. Damn, the audacity. But like I was like, you're right. Like but sometimes the fun is jumping out of the plane and not knowing. Yeah. yeah. Like that is the whole point of a roller coaster. That is the whole point. Of a, like doing risky things sometimes, like I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Let's enjoy the moments of not knowing because mm-hmm. n- knowing all the time is overwhelming too. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Oh, because you can also that's the nature of anxiety. It wants you to believe that it's telling you the future. Yeah, it's it's not. telling you the truth and it's yeah. not. It's yeah. it's yeah. like here's the truth and you're like that's actually not the that's truth. Not. Truth that's a alternate. Yeah, it's an yeah. alternate truth. Yeah. Alternate facts. Because <laughs> if you can predict the future, fake news. then we all need to go to Vegas. <laughs> right. Yeah. If your anxiety is good yes. enough for predicting the future that we yes. can play in roulette, right. then yes. so yeah, yeah. It, it's it's all fake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but you know, yeah, and it's like I, I think talk your, talking yourself, positive self talk helps me a lot through the anxiety because it's like I remember um, when I was a kid and I would wake up like cramping and not know why. You have a tummy ache when you're a kid. I have a tummy ache, mommy. What's going on? And it, when I understood what was happening, and my mom would be like, oh, maybe you have a lot of gas. That's what's wrong. You maybe have this. And you're a little kid. You're like, okay, mom. Yeah, okay. And it kind of makes you feel better. You're like, I'm not as anxious. Okay, that's what's happening. And, and it kind of calms you down. But as adults, again, we have even less control than ever mm-hmm. probably because, you know, it, it, life's crazy. And, you know, we're what we do um, is try to get away from it as much as possible. We try to, you know, mm-hmm. shameless 
shameless name uh, 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 a get away from the cray <laughs> what a name reference um, but we do we try to do it and a lot of times we do it in healthy ways that's why people try to go get piss ass drunk mm-hmm. and black out but when you wake up the problem's still there and I'm a firm believer in deal with the root the tree will grow mm-hmm. like if you just kind of keep trimming the tree but you don't water it you don't do anything with it you know it's gonna fall over one day from root rot you know you're not actually fixing anything and i'm a big proponent of like okay what's going on at the root and that's what i try to do for myself that's what i try to do with my clients and i see it helping you know again if 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 there's something that you're aware of that you can change try it out try it out and see what happens but no, like I feel like this has been a great conversation. I've had the I've had a blasty blast. Like this yes. is like, and I really feel like this is really, really, really important information. Again, for people who may not have access to a therapist or may not understand what's going on with them, this may be the first time they've heard this information. Going, wait, I experienced that. I get tingle. I thought I was just having like a bad like reaction to something or what. You know, I didn't understand my own symptoms. You're okay. You're not crazy. Okay. This is something that, okay, something's happening. I have a cough. Let me take some medicine. Let me, let me check if I have emphysema or just a head cold. Let me understand what's going on. Okay. So yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you for guys, you guys for your input. Thank you guys for contributing your thoughts. Um, any last thing you want to say at all before we scoot? <laughs> I was gonna, I was just gonna say for anyone who thinks like oh I can't afford a therapist or whatever like just Google there's like so many therapists with sliding scales. Um, I go I take therapy in my anger management course at the LGBT center. Mm-hmm. I get it for free because mm-hmm. thanks government. But like <laughs> yeah. there are options. There re- so there I just resources. wanted to like. Absolutely. That that's a, that's a like, great thing. I can't afford therapy. Yeah. Neither can I. I still take it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I found an affordable when I was doing telehealth. Yeah. Because I was like, the one I wanted to go to was like all the way to fucking Santa Monica. And I was like, I'm not going oh, in the nope. morning mm-hmm. to trap. No. no so I did it online. And that, like, there's yeah. so. That's a good thing about technology. You, did, yes. you know, there's access to things you didn't have before. So yeah. I would say, yeah, absolutely. Seek it out. Seek out help. Seek out support. Whether it's like, if you have social anxiety if you have ptsd if you have whatever it is take the initiative i I tell people you know if you don't have a good support group then start working on start working on creating one for yourself whether you start going to church and meeting with somebody for some book club at a a, you know something i i i there's just there's too many ways to connect with people we just aren't taking the initiative anymore i feel like because we depend on technology we depend on other ways to connect and yeah it's great to connect with auntie so-and-so in another state but i need people right here right now so thank you ladies for being fantastic you guys are marvelous i love you both so much Thank thank you very much Guys, that was just so much fun, y'all. So much fun. We were laughing before, during, and after recording. So honestly, that was that was the bomb. And for me, that's a huge part of maintaining my mental health. Open, candid, and meaningful conversation. I, I love it. And I'm an overthinker and overfeeler, and that can lead to too much stimulation, which can then become me numbing out. 
So having conversations with people willing and able to do some mental and emotional gymnastics with me is great and is such a huge outlet for me. And listening to their stories and their experiences helps me be able to apply new things to my experience and my story. And that helps us grow, knowing how other people deal with stuff and you be able to apply it to how you deal. So if you guys want to follow Heather and Allison, you can find them on the social media teams. Heather is at her Owens on the ground. So H-E-R-O-W-E-N-S. I'll, I'll put it up on a link, okay? And you can follow her blog on growingupingilead.com. That's growingupingilead.com. If you find her Insta, then her link is in her bio. And you can find Allison on her Insta page at Dr. Allie. She specializes in branding coaching. So hit her up if that's something you're interested in. And if you want to listen to another great podcast, check out The Spicy Life, of which she is a co-host. It's a podcast about all things relationships. So you can check it out on Insta, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube. It's great. But before you do all that, remember to subscribe, like, share, away from the cray first, okay? And share it with, well everyone share it with everyone okay let's let's help take care of each other let's be kind love god love yourself love others stay sane y'all